Welcome to the Big Stomp, the Bunkerzilla radio show that roars at the latest stories and discussions in geek culture today. So, what are we waiting for? Let's start stomping. Hi, and welcome to the Big Stomp here on Bunkerzilla UK, the place where we all roar about all things geek culture. I am your host, as always, Ian Bolton, the drama giant, and I'm joined by my regular panellist, the raggedy man himself, Mr. Andrew. How are you doing, Andrew? Greetings from the Super Fortress Hardcore Genki. How's the fortress this time of year? Uh, it's surprisingly well. Uh, clearing lots of things out of the Forbidden Forest, but, you know... Just general maintenance. It's like rose gardens, but rose gardens, if they were 20 foot tall and ate your arm, if you don't look them in the eye. (laughs) (laughs) He can laugh, but Hugh's been to the Super Fortress. He knows how dangerous and vast it is. Uh, I I had to fight fire with fighting instruments, didn't I? I thought fire with fire because I thought it'd be a laugh. Anyway. Yes. (laughs) And uh, joining us, we have two brand new panellists to the Big Stomp. First up, you heard a little chortle of laughter there. It's Hugh David. How are you doing, Hugh? I'm not too bad, Ian. Um, We go back a ways on the old podcast front, don't we? We certainly do. um, As far back as Geek Out Online, isn't it? Probably, yeah. So it's been a few years, but um, yeah, no, it's good to be with you again on on a, a show you're hosting. I'm looking forward to this. It's been a while since I've done a podcast of some sort, so yeah. yeah. Awesome. Hugh? You, you? Yes? When's the next Hustler of Culture coming out? We've got three stacked that I need to put on the drive for Ian. Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, and then there's an eye getting the fourth one set up if he can just tear himself away from his camera. <laughs> The curse of photography. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Forward with due anticipation. Indeed. Well, I think you'll enjoy it because we, yeah, we we've gone off quite deep on the on some subjects. We we got into Spike Lee and Blurdism and Black Klansman and whatnot. It's it's been good. Ah, awesome. And those episodes will be on Bunkerzilla very, very soon. Very soon. Yeah. Very oh, soon. Oh well, we also we also did Captain Marvel, even though Les said he didn't want to. <laughs> why did Why did Les what not want to talk about Captain Marvel? I d- well, you'll hear the episode, but he basically said, I don't want to spend the whole episode of this. And I said, that's fine, we won't. And 45 minutes later, <laughs> he looked at me and went, how have we done this? I said, I knew we could get all this out of it. Anyway, you'll get to hear Les on. on uh, 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 yeah, we'll we'll probably follow this uh, big stomp up with something on uh, on endings and Endgame as well, if only because um, I know he's got things to say as well. But we'll be probably on a slightly different tack from ourselves. So. Yeah. Okie dokie. Oh. And finally, he does lists of musical concerns, but he's here today. It's National Hamster himself, Neil. Hello. 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 How are you doing? That's it. Yeah. I'm optimizing lists as you'd expect. Yes. You've almost, I think you've gone over the, like, the year's worth of lists. You've done over about 50 plus lists now. Wow. Well, yeah, I've done 50 shows, but more than 50 lists. So, how do you not work for BuzzFeed yet? <laughs> integrity they're actually informative um he doesn't rip it all off other people Sorry. I'm not popular enough <laughs> unpopular lists for unpopular uh, music uh, <sighs> where are you on the list of unpopular <laughs> well let's work that one out later as, as long as, as long as you lower down the list than morrissey at the moment everything's fine oh, no <laughs> Don't don't say don't say that to our dear good friend Christian Allen. He might cry. <laughs> never go full Morrissey. Never. Never. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, dear. oh. 
if it's a lousy English breakfast, we can call it the full Morrissey. And if it's a good one, <laughs> yeah, done. We know what we're doing now. If there's something rancid about it and they've put gammon instead of bacon, we know it's the full Morrissey. <laughs> Morrissey would chin you for that suggestion. He's a I he's a think. he's a vegetarian. Yeah, well, all the more reason he should stop acting like you. <laughs> so, oh, and as no. a, you know what they always say when you're online and you say vegetarianism. Well. <laughs> I, I just have to say, as a lifelong Smiths fan, yeah, Jesus Christ, he's fallen off his ass. Anyway, well, <laughs> yeah, I'm a Smiths fan too, and I'm with you on this. It's just mad. Anyway, anyway moving on. Let's get <laughs> on with the show. <laughs> yes, and here we go with our first section, which is, of course, in the news, where we have a quick look at some of the latest goings on. So let's start with the wonderful adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, shall we? <laughs> If it was actually called that, we might get a better film. <laughs> well, it reminds me of watching it early mornings, Channel 4. That was the day with Sharky and George. Yeah. The blue man rat creature makes you think of your lovely youth. <laughs> what if we're talking about it? Oh, the blue men have pets. That's brilliant. I love it. <sighs> no. <laughs> So yes, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog the trailer came out last month. Everyone was sort of mortified and curious at the same time. People no, like no, sat no, on no so hard. How it just you? came out and people went, what the hell is that? The thing is, if they'd brought it out before Detective Pikachu ever hit a trailer, people would have been upset, but not as upset as they were. <laughs> yeah. Because once you saw the Detective Pikachu trailer, I mean, and you realised what was possible... <laughs> you were just like, wait, that's what you do with Sonic? Really? I mean, I'm, I'm not even yeah. a fan, and I was just like horrified at the way the Uncanny Valley wasn't so much being not crossed as being, you know, assaulted with a large military bridge to try and get across it and then collapsing into the ravine. I mean, the Jim Carrey bits were good. Yes, absolutely. The Jim Carrey yeah. bits were. The Jim Carrey bits were. Okay. If you look at it, in a, you know, try not. If, if you don't like Jim Carrey, you'll never like those moments. But as Jim Carrey bits, yeah. they were good. Yes. As Jim Carrey bits, they were strong. Yeah. And they were the majority of a trailer about a movie that isn't called Jim Carrey. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Having Dr. Robotnik referred to someone as basic just kind of, I don't know, it's it's crossing a line. Really? So that, that flash still image at the end, That's that was the peak. Yeah. I mean, I think it's I... one of those annoying things, though, isn't it, Neil? If you're going to make these movies... This is part of the problem with the trailer, is who the hell did they think the movie was making more? As you say, using language like basic suggests they're making it for an audience that is a lot younger than the yeah. actual audience really is for Sonic. Uh, but then I, it's been ages since I've actually watched a Sonic cartoon, so I don't know if that's actually yeah. more in line with like the Sonic Boom no, stuff, and I'm, I'm just horrifically no. out of loops. No, from what I understand, it's not. And and if anything, I think I think this is the problem. I think you you, you know, it's the art of how do you balance something for different audiences. It's like mm -hmm. if at least with Detective Pikachu, you know, you're going to get a huge range of ages going to see it, and some will enjoy it at one level and some won't at another. But with Sonic, I don't. None of the schools I've taught in for the last few years have got kids who are particularly interested or have any kind of interest in Sonic. If it's it's all Fortnite and PUBG and you know it's... Call of Duty, it's not. Sonic. So Sonic, it, I, I, Sonic is there, but he, yeah, he's definitely not PUBG, Fortnite. He's not big <laughs> at the moment. No, and but, certainly uh, not with kids. Yeah, I mean, he, he could when they do Mario. Movie, is, he Mario is still be. big, but well, that's yeah. coming soon anyway. Well, yeah. also, you mentioned Pikachu. I guess 
another thing with the Detective Pikachu thing is we've never heard Pikachu talk, so we're not really comparing it to anything. Precisely. Yeah, fair enough. But mm. the big thing is Pikachu looked like Pikachu. It didn't look like <laughs> some scary the man hell rat. creature. The, yeah, the, the, the blue man rat. Yeah, it was, tomorrow. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so, I'm not surprised they knocked it back to February 2020. Ah, but is yeah. it too early for conspiracy theories? What? <laughs> Ooh. What? Ooh. Okay, conspiracy theory is this was never the real trailer. <laughs> <laughs> they put this out to generate a whole load of bad noise. <laughs> in the background, they always knew they were going to delay it. And the proper Sonic actually looks good. So they've, oh. got, the, they've got the column inches from putting out this freakish uncanny valley stuff that's or quietly they're making the sonic plan. you actually want that is okay. an awful idea or is it it's awful detective okay. pikachu's got all these good column inches and then i mean <sighs> sonic could turn out looking good but it still might have been dwarfed put it this way pikachu. i have i have a <laughs> friend they kind of went nuclear with it I they released it. the man rat I can tell you that the friend I have at Sega, while he will neither confirm nor deny, I know enough about the way things work at the office to say that there is no way they would have the competence to pull off such a brilliant feat of marketing. If I thought I could get away with that, when if I thought I could have got away with that when I was at ADV or anywhere else for that matter, in terms of reverse marketing, I'd have gone for it. But there. The, the tactical genius of not only le- le- leading with that, but then managing it as well as they have with all the follow-up interviews and the people and whatnot. No, I, d- I don't think no. it, I don't think, I think this is not a planned one. Yeah, if it see, was planned, that's that's it, why I said conspiracy theory. It's one of those things yeah. that sounds amazing, but if there, you look at it too there long. Is, there is <laughs> yeah. a theory that conspiracy theory, sorry, there, there, there is a hypothesis that conspiracy <laughs> theory exists because people like the warm sense that someone is actually in charge of yes. everything. Oh, yes. Exactly. And exactly. suggesting that someone did this as a stroke of tactical genius yeah. is absolutely demonstrating that. Rather than that is what happens no. if you try and design Sonic the Hedgehog by committee. That's, and a committee that, that isn't particularly interested in Sonic the Hedgehog. That's them that's having it. a date. They had to release the trailer. That's doing the single best trailer they could. And then yeah. that's yeah. moving as moving a movie is not an easy thing. You, the, no, the buying of media, the planning of tours, all that stuff is so far in advance. This is going to... Just the cost of... Mo- not remaking it, but just the cost of moving it would probably be more than the remake. But that so said, it's just that an awful said, plan. But that said, I'm given the way things are so last minute these days, I highly doubt that... They, I mean, there's not going to be as much cash lost at this point in time where they are out from the original release date as they would have if it was even closer. I think it, it, okay, it's not yeah, the worst okay. example of it, but you are okay. right. You're right. It's an incredibly expensive process to do anyway. Well, it's not least because all of the people who, who are going to have to stay and work on this, you know, their contracts would have been up and they, they, you know, Sega will not have planned or not Sega. So whoever's the film production company will not have planned to, to keep paying them for the for another year and a half. And, and now they will have to. So it's expensive either way you look at it. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, away from that thing because it scares me. It, my... it is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, those teeth, those human teeth, those human legs. My God, what were they thinking? I don't know. I, Biting I don't... the chili dog of man. Knock yeah. it out. Knock it out and fuck off early. I think was most of their thought. Quite possibly. Or so, well, there must have been. But the problem is, you're talking about committee. There was somebody in a committee who said, "Wouldn't it be better <laughs> if he had human parts?" And someone else on that committee went, "Yes." I, I just 
Cocaine is a hell of a Gentlemen, drug. this is the hedgehog we hated the least. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Neil, that's entirely possible. That's, so <laughs> worried, that's true. That's so plausible. Oh, oh dear. Right. Oh. Anyway, shall, shall we we'll move away from the horrible vision that is yeah. the current Sonic? I believe so, the phrase is back away. Back <laughs> away slowly. Let's back away slowly. And, and we'll sidestep into the world of anime because this might be right at Mr. David's alley because uh, <laughs> Funimation have gone and brought manga. Ian, I think you'll find I've seen an anime. <laughs> <laughs> it was called What's Akira you? and Goku won. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, this is why I really do need the soundboard and just go. Yeah, Neil, that should be a T-shirt <laughs> or a I badge. Saw, yeah, I saw. A, yeah, oh, oh, there's one for you, Andrew. There's, one there's for a badge. Me. I saw Akira and Goku on <laughs> me weeb. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, where, where do you want to start, Ian? Because you 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 know many people. You know people in both parties of, yeah. of this particular. I mean, generally the. the the long and short of it is obviously um, Funimation now picked up manga, so they kind of become a they they tend I think with this they become a, a bigger presence than they have been in previous years because I think I'm, I think previously they had some workings with all the anime because they released some of their shows for them, yep. um, and then yeah they've done they've I think they've had titles released by companies like MVM. Uh, oh, they've worked with everybody. I mean, when I was at Lace and we were running ADV as an, uh, uh, a legacy concern, we actually did a deal with Funimation to do some of their stuff. And, um, you know, that only lasted a handful of titles. They've always been looking for partners in the UK. And then over the last few years, they've gradually spread their wings and gone with different partners for different titles. Mm. Um, because some titles work better with some partners. I mean, MVM is still quite a relatively strong presence with the, with the titles it releases. But, uh, you know, most of what Tony does there is through Sentai, from Sentai. But every now and then you'll see something, you know, that's funny based. So, mm. yeah. I, th- I think also with man- manga have been obviously releasing big titles like Dragon Ball yeah. Super, Broly. Man- and... Um, and also they've had My Hero Academia the, t- the, the movies come mm. out they've I think they're going to start re-releasing the series as well because really, for some bizarre reason for, for for some odd reason I think it was either Universal or Sony picked up My Hero Academia for UK audience and mm. then it was like oh yeah we're going to release it and then it went out of stock and they didn't bother doing it anymore mm. um, <laughs> so yeah so it's it's very interesting I think it sort of well it brings a lot more Funimation titles over to um, manga I guess in a way uh i think the real key really i mean this is what it's really about in this day and age it's all about streaming mm. and uh people with sony uh, sony machines will have noticed already on playstation the funimation now service popping up um and that that will now clearly integrate um the press the official press release states quite clearly that in november 2018 uh, Funimation now became the first Sony Pictures television service to launch on Amazon Prime Video in the UK. So, that, yeah. so it's both now directly on Sony machines as well as available on Amazon Prime. And of course, this is the other thing to remember. With manga being bought by Funimation, that means they're part of Sony. Mm-hmm. Sony Pictures television. And of course, in, in, in for, for years, Sony in Asia has been a massive anime player because, of course, they've run, they've had the longest running cable channel there. They used to run, they're the ones who they're the ones who decided that um, Kenshin would be called Samurai X because they put the English... They, they were subtitling in English from very early on. 
uh, in, in Asia. And then, of course, they did other crazy things like um, the much derided in English language circles live action movie that Mila Jovovich did. Um, oh, flipping heck, what's it called? Ultraviolet. That was actually spun <laughs> off. Yeah, I know. You can laugh. But here's the funny thing. It ended up becoming the most expensive uh, live action pilot for an anime series I've ever seen because Sony followed it up with an anime series which lasted, I think, uh, one, maybe two seasons and, and was, you know, fairly well put together. I mean, the anime series was, was better by a lot. But this That's is the thing. not hard. No, I know. I've, but watched it's... That, I've watched that film, I think, three times and I can't tell you anything other than... Um, oh, I can't pronounce the name now. How do you pronounce the name? Yeah, Mila Jovovich. Mila Jovovich, she's in it. And I still didn't find it interesting to watch. Apologies, Mila. It's funny you say that because I... I, I... I like it, even though I think it's rubbish. I like it because it's so ambitious and then it fails massively. <laughs> but I, but there is also clearly a longer cut out there that never made it. Uh, I've got, I've got, the, I've got the Japanese edition, which is a, ever so slightly longer, and even then you can tell they've just chopped this thing down. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. it I... just makes no sense. But the, but the, anyway, the point I'm trying to make, though, just to bring it back to, to Funimation and Manga, is that Sony have always been players in this field. But what you see here is the increased domination of Sony, uh, making sure that they have this, you know, this direct pipeline into Western houses with their animation side. And what you will probably see from this is at some point, I suspect we will see their TV stuff start to go that way. Because at the moment they make a show like Absentia, which is a very good sort of Nordic noir style American crime show with Stana Katik, who used to be in Castle, and they're, they're, they're on to season two. They've done the old Sony thing of selling it territory by territory when they could have just released it directly on their own platform, which was which is the stupidest thing I've seen. Them. They did it for Powers as well, and that killed it after two seasons. So now, with an integrated system, they can start not only streaming their anime through this, but I will, at some point, I think you will start to see live action come mm. this way. Because it just makes sense, because Funimation already handle home entertainment, theatrical broadcast. You know, they handle the occasional live TV. I think they did a Canadian sci-fi show uh, Dark Matter on Blu-ray in the States, you know, in the same way that ADV did Andromeda. There's a lot of the anime companies will pick up those those kind of fan properties from live action. Um, and I just I can it just makes I just think Sony may have finally figured out a way to get their product out globally on streaming instead of let it drip going out in dribs and drabs country by country because that's what killed powers powers was actually very very good and it died a horrible death because they just didn't know how to sell it in a way that meant it could get on board with the modern netflix way of doing things you know yeah it'll, it'll be interesting to see because at the moment we've got netflix is probably the biggest provider of original anime yes as a streamer in the uk yes. so having fun giving funmation the kick to start doing that that would mm -hmm. that would really shake things up although at the same time you've got the problem of splintering across multiple service providers yeah well but yeah they'll start pulling their licenses back it's going to be like mm -hmm. disney all over again yeah we'll see what happens <laughs> I just hope it gives Manga an excuse to go back into their archive and find some stuff that they haven't actually bothered to upgrade or put out and maybe get it all out there. There's a few, still a few things missing in action from their older catalogs. So. Like, uh, That'd be cool. I remember mm. uh, like the original Apple Seed. Oh, in, yeah. Oh. Is in there. Mm. I, think I've got, I think I've got the, region, uh, the original Region 2 DVD they did with, I think, the Jonathan Clements commentary track. Yes. Yeah, I think you've got... I've, I know I've got a copy of that somewhere, so but I'm pretty sure you've got it. It's a good disc. 
It's very good disc. Uh, yeah, that was one of the commentaries where he actually knew what was on screen, as opposed to which was the commentary. There's a commentary he did where they told him what he was doing. He wrote the whole commentary, prepared it, and then as it, as it started to um, unspool in front of him, he realised that bizarrely they'd been supplied with the uncut version. And he had to change the commentary. <laughs> on the fly. It actually starts with this is the sound of your commentator realising that this is not the version he prepared the commentary for. <laughs> I wish I could remember which one that was. I'll have to find out. It was one of the manga entertainment ones. It was classic. Anyway, yeah. So one thing I miss in modern discs is decent commentaries. It's funny always to give you commentaries from the voice cast, but they very rarely have the depth of somebody like, you know, Clemo. I think the last time I listened to an anime voice commentary was probably noir. Really? That's a long way of time ago. But you you had to unlock it. It was like a... You kind of had to put a combination into your remote... Oh, that was. Oh, you do not want to know the trouble I had with that in the first few years. Oh, I hate locked content. I bought the disc. Show me the bloody thing. I. That's what I tried for. to argue for, but the argument was, oh no, we're doing this in the states, and we don't want to change the artwork. And in the end, I said to, I, I we got so much complaints. I think by volume three, I said to the boss of ADV UK, I was just like, forget it. I was like, I just don't care. Just take it off the artwork, and we will just go forward and put the details on the website, and that's it. And that's what we did. So stupid. Oh well. Anyway, <laughs> anyway that's this. Hopefully, funny and manga is not stupid. <laughs> yes. No, it, it look it looks like it could be very positive. I mean, for the consumer, it will be quite a positive move, I guess, because a lot of stuff now appears on Funimation now. I mean, looking at the press release, you've got Akira, uh, the Bayonetta movie, Ghost and Show Anderson, Girl Live Through Time, uh, Summer Wars Wolf Children. Uh, I think the follow-up to Soul Eater, Soul Eater Not is also going straight on to uh, Funimation now. So technically, hopefully, we'll see. Hopefully, it's a nice thing. Hopefully, we'll see that back catalogue of manga titles now slowly appear on, or quickly appear on Funimation now's platform. I mean, they they have formally said in the press release that they will, the Funimation now will include Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and Sword Art Online. So that does mean they'll be going off Netflix. Well, it's okay. Netflix have Evangelion. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's true. Uh, but, I mean, Ian, you work you work with uh, Anime Limited every now and then. All the anime. I mean, do you, given that they used to have a fair number of funny titles, do you think this is going to affect them adversely in the future? Um. Well, I, I haven't been. I don't. I used to work on the MCM store. And I haven't done it since I think probably early twenty. No, probably twenty sixteen was the last time I was on the stand. Okay, uh, but, oh, it's been a few years. But um, but no, I mean, considering the content that Anime Limited release, um, it's kind of again, it's kind of like there's some popular stuff, but obviously there's a lot of focus on things like Gundam, some of the the big classic mm. shows like Bebop, like um, Eureka Seven, Go Lagan, that sort of stuff. All the all the anime at the moment, they're they're more about the from what I've seen, they do they're more focused on like doing lovely collector editions. Oh absolutely. And they're you you don't get they're not I, I, I mean they're not in the streaming business. Well they were at so, the start and then that didn't work out. But what I mean yeah. is, is what I mean is this is going to potentially affect the funny licensing in terms of the discs they release because of course oh, yeah. A lot of the special editions are either uh, done in tandem with Funny, so the Cowboy Bebop, or they're done, and that's how you amortize the cost for the remastering, mm. or they're done, um, they, they're just doing direct releases of them over here, which it, of, of stuff that will sell well enough to fund those lovely special editions. And, I, and that's, the only, that's the only kind of thing I'm wondering about, is whether or not those discs will now go out through manga, 
in which mm. case manga will suddenly gain a bigger portion of of what's left of the dying physical market and uh, and which could have uh, you know which i would worry would have affect um anime limits ability to do those really lovely gorgeous special editions that i spend far too much money on Yes, how much did the Bebop set cost? <laughs> um, something stupid, and I can't remember, but it's gorgeous, and I love it, and all my records will be going in. The unforeseen consequences of the Hungry Hungry Hippos game of all these companies snapping up licenses for anything ever for their streaming platforms. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Okay, so let's look at our last item of news for this episode. This one relating to the controversial abortion laws that are being made in Georgia. Now, if the new ruling goes ahead, Disney and Netflix have advised the state that they may have to take their productions elsewhere. Um, uh, the bill that has been signed in Georgia um, technically bans abortions if a fetal heartbeat can be detected, and that can be as early as maybe six weeks, um, and that's a period when many women don't know if they're pregnant. And um, it's being, it is going to be challenged by the American Civil Liberties Union because they believe it's unconstitutional. Um, but this law, this ruling may have a serious effect on movie productions bringing their business to Atlanta. Well, I mean, Disney's, Disney have made Atlanta a filming hub because they mm. set up um, Pinewood Atlanta to do all the Marvel films. Mm. You know, because the uh, phase one, there was only one or two bits shot there. And then they decided, oh, this is a cheap place to pretend it's everywhere else in the world. We'll, we'll set up a full-blown studio. And all of a sudden, Plus, you know... Plus, they've been doing massive tax breaks. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Georgia, there's a, the reason Netflix keeps shooting in Georgia, including setting um, Queer Eye season one mm. in there, was because of the tax break. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, this is going to hurt Georgia massively, massively. I mean, HBO as well, are, you know, David Simon's been having fights with people online because of talks of um, where they shoot stuff and, and future shows. And someone said, well, you aren't shooting anything. You know, the Deuce is shot in New York. And he said, yeah, we've got four shows in planning stages already at HBO. And, and at least one of those was guaranteed to be shot in the South. And now we're saying, no, we're not going to. So if HBO, uh, Disney and Netflix all about, oh, that's, that's, that's disastrous for the economy. So is another state going to swoop in with similar tax breaks? Yes. And yeah. better laws? California already uh, has had a whole bunch of shows come back to L.A. because of massive tax breaks. That's why we've been seeing shows actually shot in Los Angeles all over again instead of Vancouver and <laughs> So, um, I mean, admittedly, a lot of them are very action orientated and not particularly geeky, but it, it does include things like the Lethal Weapon reboot, which has lasted three years, and uh, MacGyver the reboot, which is shot there. And, you know, so there are geeky things of geeky interest that are being shot in LA. And, and yeah, I can see that. I can see other people doing the same thing. Um, you know, I think I mean, it's good that these companies are taking a stand like this. Yes, it's essential. They could have quite easily just hands in the air, not my problem. If you, but if you, if you look yeah. at it, they're not taking a stand uh, they're saying that they won't be able to get their the way they're doing it is very delicate they're not saying we disney disapprove of this no, they're no. saying we will have problems getting stars to turn up we will have problems getting uh like the behind the scenes talent to turn up because they have a problem with this so yeah. it's it's very carefully worded because okay, they don't want to deferred stand. Yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah. also no, no. I'm, I'm just saying it's, it's the way they're doing yeah, it. Yeah. Apart I mean, from this anything is else, like a corporate 101, really, isn't it? Well, yeah. apart from anything else, Disney and Netflix, no, no matter what your position is 
on this situation, personally, I think the laws they've got over, over there regards abortion are ridiculous. Um, they don't want to be seen to be corporates turning around to an elected to 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 a state selected body and going, uh, uh, you can't have those laws, or we'll financially yeah, terrorize exactly. you. Yeah, they're not saying so, don't have the laws. They're just saying you have the laws. We'll just go somewhere else to do it. Didn't you just describe lobbyists? Uh, well, exactly. No, that's the thing. They're slightly it is. different. Uh, not much, but <laughs> not much. No, that's what I'm saying. If it was, if it was another, com- if it was a company that didn't make stuff, so if it, if it was someone who made, I don't know, the, what a comparable product, you know, if it was someone what, making like cakes, cakes, <laughs> yeah, if it was someone making cakes and they turned around to one of the stone estates and went, and went, well, if you don't ban this stuff, you know, if you don't ban legal car- cannabis, then we'll have to leave as well. Although, why a cake company would want to ban cannabis? I was like about to say, they, they, yeah, they, 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 roll they, with me, roll with me. Okay. Um, that again was a bad choice of words. Uh, I, I, <laughs> if it was a company you, you disagreed with about a law you agreed with, you'd have a different view on it. That's that's all I'm. Yeah, no, I think I mean they're handling it as any company would in terms of PR and marketing, but I do think that. Neil's right in that it's important that the companies do say you are going to affect our business, and if you affect mm-hmm. our business, we have to go elsewhere. It, you, the, they need there needs to be a recognition that the, there, these laws have consequences beyond yeah. the immediate people they affect within the state itself. Yeah, I think yeah. that's important. I mean, yeah. it, it's turned into an absolute, you know, massive firefight online in terms of people saying you're just using our beliefs against us and you're and putting us out of work and all that kind of thing, but. You know, what did they honestly expect was going to happen? Did they really think that people who they already say are Hollywood liberals out of touch were going to come and fly in and go, hey, this is great. I just got went and had, you know, there was a groupie last night and now I can't sort the problem out of it. You know, what star is going to turn up if they think they're going to get into those sorts of problems? It's going to be the 1940s all over again, you know. Mm. Um, It's an interesting one. And... I think Iger's an interesting guy, though. I think the whole idea of Disney doing this is interesting. I never thought Disney would ever bother mm. with this sort of thing. Netflix makes sense. Netflix do a lot of shows about sex. They have a, they, 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 they're more interested in opening up things to do with that on their, I think in their programming. Dis- Disney's now got too wide a portfolio not to take those things into account. If you look, if you look at all the the purchases Disney's done over the last 10, 15 years, mm. it's been products and, and, and lines. It doesn't have, it didn't have in its yeah. portfolio. So it's, it didn't do great action stuff. So, you know, it, it mm. didn't have a comics division that actually did things that, that mm. kids and adults were doing. So it went and bought Marvel, mm. you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's bought all the stuff that, was missing from its portfolio and that means it's expanded into the horrible world of filthy liberals so it's had to change its its tack because apart Mm -hmm. from anything else it knows that there's a lot of money out there in liberalism yeah so if you expand your audience you get more money yeah now it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out it really is Mm. unlike coca-cola who are still happily based in atlanta Mm -hmm. well (laughs) 
They just own all the drinks. Yeah, we're going to have to see how things progress in Georgia over the coming months. But unfortunately, we have to draw the news portion to a close. Lots to catch up with. And uh, yeah, we would love to hear your thoughts. Please email them to contact at bunkerzilla.co.uk and we'll follow up a couple of those comments in a future episode. Anyway, we're going to move on to the main topic, which has been suggested by the Raggedy Man himself. And it's all about endings. Raggedy Man, tell us more. Yes, we've had two massive ending pop culture endings recently uh we had the end game uh which was the conclusion of the of uh the marvel cinematic universe first arc as opposed to its first phase because that ended about five years ago uh and we've also had game of thrones so i just uh finish its eight year run so i just thought it would be uh i just wanted to compare and you know pull apart a, what we thought about the endings of these large chunks, mm-hmm. and uh, B, just how people thought they they stack up against each other because mm. um, they had some they had some really different responses. I mean, Marvel's Endgame appeared to get it right, made eight hundred million dollars and rising, uh, and Game of Thrones appeared to get it wrong by having one hundred five million people order HBO to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, no one likes Party to End on a Lone Note, but can these stories ever really end in a way that makes everyone happy? Mm. Is the thing because endings suck. Anyway, the first piece, of the <laughs> but they do endings suck. Yeah. It's, it's it's the end of the story. It's that's it. That's all she wrote. And if you like it, you want to see more of it. Anyway, mm. end end game. Uh, 22nd movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the second of the two-parter Infinity Stone Avengers film, and the end of the first full meta-arc for Marvel's ongoing storytelling project. Audiences flocked to it and appeared to love it, but was it as good as people made out, or did they forgive storytelling over the spectacle of seeing such a tale landed in any kind of fashion? What did you guys think? Do you think it actually... Well, uh, two questions. Do you think it ended the arc especially well or was it just a case of wow that was all spectacular what do you think i think it ended it well okay yeah <laughs> not sure how much well, we're going there because um <laughs> basically it's basically the end of the journey for your og avenger type people two of them yeah just no well i think all of them really how well, no, thematically, he's right. We probably, you know, we may not see Hemsworth again in that context. Yeah. He's in the next Guardians movie, isn't he? Well, we don't well, know yet. That's the thing. There's yet, a lot of cause... debate because Sony want to keep him on for... If MIB International does well, well there's going to be a lot of... Yeah. He, he might be a sacrifice of contractual obligations. Yeah. I mean, Plus, he wants to what... be. Because I guess, I'm assuming Gunn can't reuse his script he had, so change is going to happen there. I would love yeah. As Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, same here. That would be I... brilliant. I wouldn't because I don't like comedy Thor, but oh, I, okay. I, I didn't like him in Thor three. I really didn't like him as Fat Bob Thor in uh, Endgame. Uh, but if you know other people liked it, I, well, see, I, I mean, you see, it was being like annoyed. played as a comedy thing, but it was. I mean, I liked the fact it showed that the events had had an effect. That you yeah. don't normally see on a superhero. Agreed. That's you saw I... his sadness, and I guess some people saw it as a surface level thing. But that is a—he was a character who was deeply hurting from not saving the universe. No, yeah. I, I have no. Problem. And he looked like the big Lebowski. So. I have no problem with the emotional side of it. I have a problem with how they did the emotional side of it because he went from being Thor to the big Lebowski. 
and oh. that's the problem I got. Well, I, I mean, just didn't... you could complain that um, Ragnarok helped get in there. Yeah, I did already. I said I didn't like the third one. <laughs> okay. I, I okay. clearly said I didn't okay. like the third okay. one. You've been upset with Thor for a while, so it's yeah, not yeah. necessarily Endgame's fault. But as no, you were saying, Neil, it, it, it is the end of the OG arc, so there is that. And they handle that far better than I think any any series that has ever lasted this long, of which there are very few, I... has ever I don't. Done. Th- I, I can't think what we can compare it to. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? The reason, yeah. in it, the reason in the notes we've all mentioned television, because it's very hard to compare it to film. Yeah. You know, most long-running film series are self-contained films. They don't carry on to it. They, they don't serialize. Closest to the length of films that Marvel have been doing is Bond. And they've tried to give him an ending a few times, and it never sticks. But they don't have the serialized element mm. because of the way that the novels, by comparison, and this is one of the interesting things, there's a couple of novels that because they were out of order in in the films they had to discard the serialized elements that were in the book you know so like from from russia with love when she he doesn't defeat what's her name at the end he gets stabbed in the foot by the seven the leg by the the foot dagger that's poisoned and passes out and Mm. then he and then you get cut then that's the end of the book and so you have to wait till the next book to find out what happens and there's uh, yeah there's a number of of bonds that do that serial aspect because they could do that back then with paperbacks and publishing there wasn't anything else like it other than television there was a bit of continuity with felix lighter oh yeah a bit a bit well, yeah, the, that's what well, I said. No, a bit. absolutely. I mean, the, the, the what well, each of the, each of the performers has had continuity within them. So the Brosnan era has yeah. a certain amount of homogeneity, and then yeah. the Craig era, because we're now in that era where people want some degree. This is this is the ongoing influence of television, you yeah. know, amongst other things. Um, but well, I think you guys are right. There's nothing really to compare Endgame to. Yeah. There really isn't. The, um, the only thing I can compare it to really is. The comics, yes, yeah. if nothing else, for the length of time. But the one, the one thing I would say is that the whole, it's an ending for Cap, it's an ending for Iron Man, which those two are indisputable. And I mean, Natasha, no, because yes. it's got a movie coming out. Yeah, but that's probably uh, but, going yeah. to be a prequel. Well, anyway, um, the, uh, yeah, Dead isn't really dead in the Marvel universe. No, that's true. That's um, true. I think it, they'd, it'd be nice if they. <laughs> did make it so in Filmland. It would be nice, but would it be as profitable? Because you're not telling me that five years down the line, they're yeah. not going to... If you're, you're watching well, a Marvel... You're watching see a how Marvel well Phase movie. 4 goes, and then we'll see. Yeah, mm. you're watching a movie five years down the line, and then you suddenly have a little chirpiness from Tony Stark or whatever you, you, as the final shot. I, I, I'm The cynical just... side of um, the multiverse. No, it's straight up. This is they're 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 borrowing from comics, and death is a revolving door in Marvel. Jay yeah. Blaze yes. has it a season ticket to the afterlife. Don't, don't start me on that. It, it yeah. didn't used to be, and when I and when I stopped reading a lot of marvel in the 90s it was precisely because they decided and here's the next reboot of the x-men universe and i was like and you know what claremont's leaving so am i bye bye that was pretty Um, much when i junked it as well although although uh cable got better and bishop was brilliant anyway um yeah but i mean but all of that said you're not wrong it is like as with all the mcu films they're more like comics than very few other films have ever been and I agree with you, death is not the end of these things. However, Yo. actors do age. Yes. 
there is the contractual thing that Neil raised. And the other thing I think that's really important here is that because of the recent acquisition of Fox and because Feige has said quite publicly that they are actively figuring out how to bring the X-Men into the universe now in the Fantastic Four. Oh, God. You know, this is now actively on the drawing board. I uh, hope not. It's they... going to get so overcrowded. Well, no, well, I, I think... don't think they do it at the same time. No, I think what they're going to do is pl- plan this out across phase four and phase five. Mm. And I think the way, I think what it gives them the chance to do is because, of course, one of the things they've done with the uh, with 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 Endgame and, and and basically there is they've built in the idea because of the way Thanos comes to Earth and because of the way the snap releases a certain type of radiation, they have built in the plot line already for the creation okay. of mutations. That's okay. already in there. I'm not. I'm not saying they don't. Comic book science always enables that. I'm just saying I think the 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 they've used up pretty much all the bandwidth they can. That's it. And so I think. I think it, yeah. But but the thing is, what I what my point is that when you, if you can't afford someone like Danny Jr. at this stage, or if you can't negotiate yeah. a of time, tough. Fine, you just bring new people in. You That's just add, you you know. I. I don't think affording it is an issue though, because that thing shits. No, money. not at this point. Yeah, I agree um, with you at this point. Not, but he don't forget he always had back end parts to this deal as well. Yeah, he was always getting money off off the actual. I mean, that was part of the problem with the renegotiations to keep him going. Yeah, think about that. Ooh, tasty. Because <laughs> that that was how they got him to do Iron Man in the first place. Ooh. It was one of the things Favreau said. Favreau said, "Look, if this works, I mean, here's your upfront fee anyway, and you know, yeah, you, you need a career boost. But if this works, your quid's in." But I mean. Yeah, I mean, it, Captain had a good ending. Mm. Iron Man had a good ending. I, I mean, it wasn't. It was. It, it, I don't. I don't know. Hulk's still there. He's now stuck as Brain Hulk. Well, that's that's the word is Ruffalo wants out, and basically they're doing the well. There's word they're doing um, a She-Hulk TV show, which he will be yes. in minimally. And I'm okay. using, guessing they'll use that to. Wand him out. Like, I guess ep- episode pilot's going to be the blood transfusion. Mm. Okay. It's gonna, it's and go it's from gonna, there. Yeah, it's going to be like the beginning of Highlander, the TV series, isn't it? Hi, yeah. this is my cousin. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> and if I, it's I, not I, a legal drama with proper lawyering, I'm going to be a hairy ball of rage. It has to be. It has, it has to, be. to be. My God, how can it not I, be? I'm so mad. Daredevil I, never had that, <laughs> Yeah, that was my downside with Daredevil because I, I love Daredevil, but I was expecting more courtroom. Yeah, there wasn't uh, enough. Instead, you got throat punching. Yeah, but honestly, there was literally. I can't believe I'm saying this. There was too much violence and not enough drama <laughs> in Daredevil compared to the comic books. Oh, itself. definitely in the th- third season, the the hallway fights just got ridiculously yeah. long and kind of dull. Yeah, yeah. but they're, they're I, I, I liked his escape from prison. Mm. Mm. Uh, Technically uh, impressive. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just suggesting they, they, they had two good endings, mm. and the rest wasn't. I mean, there were good elements to Natasha's ending. Yeah, Natasha's had elements death to it was great. But... Because also, you have to kind of think it's one of these things with endings. It's like, what would you have done with Black yes? Widow? But also, it's also about the character as well because I, the the, the yeah. relationship between her and Hawkeye is an absolutely brilliantly fascinating one, and it's a it's very much about professionals. It's very much about mm. friends. It's very much about people who have their own crosses to bear, and they challenge themselves yeah. in certain ways. But the thing I like most about it was that a lot of people are arguing over the, the how it went down and saying, "Oh, they just fridged her," and it's like actually. 
it's not about that because he needs to live because she wants him to redeem himself. She's yeah. never regarded herself as redeemed ever. She she's yeah, almost it was wallowed. a big redemption play. I don't I don't get how she was fridged at all. That's what I mean. I know I hate that. I've seen that more than once, and I'm like, no, you guys are missing the point if you think that's the case. I mean, it was a badly underplayed character in a lot of ways in the other in the other sequences. Mm. But that's more to do with the fact that Black Widow is not that great a character, in my opinion. In your opinion, yes. Yeah, they, 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 did, <laughs> We've had this they did what they could with Black Widow. I think and they, they did, did it very, very well. But it's still Black Widow. But I mean, it's also it's like yeah, there was an ending, but there was an awful, there was a lot of um, late beginnings. Like they they had Captain. This was supposed to be like the big Captain Marvel thing, and it mm. wasn't. No, no. Well, you see, I, that's a beginning yeah. more than an end. Yeah, they were trying to shoehorn. They would. They were trying well, no, to bring they... in fa- the next phase yeah. stuff as well as trying to end stuff, and it just all stuck in the way and got. But, I mean, yeah, but to be fair, they've done that before. They've had that problem before. I mean, not I, on the scale of Captain Marvel. Mar- no, Captain... I agree. Yeah, yeah. No, the, I'm hoping not. there's a director's cut with a bit more of like because um, the scene at the end of oh, I can't remember was it um, Ant Man where they see the pager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's I was hoping from... that was like because they've done it before, where that's actually a scene from the film that's coming up. Yeah. So it... she didn't really have much of an introduction. She. That's the only thing I think was missing because they've they've gone on. They basically said in interviews that the whole point of the film was it's supposed to be about the original Avengers. Yeah. So she was never gonna feature massively anyway. No, she was. She was always the the the, the heavy guns. We bring her in to help because we know we yeah, can't I, kill her with everyone else. I but, thought that I thought that was very badly handled. The heavy guns thing. I mean, at the, at the end of the at the end of the day, using the Marvel scale, she is a cosmic power level entity. Yes. Right. And Thanos is hardcore, but he's not. You know, it's it's she is this ridiculously. She, she she could she could walk him essentially yeah exactly and so her entire job is to save tony stark very cheaply saves tony mm. stark at the start of the movie mm. it's i mean that was just awful but is, but is that something then, we needed to spend time with no that's what i'm saying the way they used her she was the dare oh, okay. to, to save to save Tony Stark, which was cheap, because mm. you had a wonderful scene of him about to die, and then this angel turns up, literally mm. an angel. Mm. Um, and then there was a quick, oh, yeah, well, I've got to do other shit. Mm. And she disappears, and then she comes back to save the, to be a, to Deus Ex again, and save them from the big broadside of evil, and fly through spaceships like we know she can. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, I know what you she mean. She was too powerful. She stuck out because a, as you said, it's it's you had the beginning of her in the in the Captain Marvel movie, which was great, I loved. You then had her ushered into a corner because she was too powerful as this kind of big intro, you know, this mm-hmm. this follow up intro that didn't need. I for but a film that was about ending, it was one of the most clunky introduction, secondary introductions going. But then, the, but then you say, but this is the thing. This is where it really is like comics. This is always a problem you have with certain levels of power. In, in, you know, you get to certain oh, yeah. battle scenes. I mean, this is why you get people being sent off into space so often. I mean, you, the, <laughs> that goes back to Claremont in particular. Oh, yeah. You know, I, can remember, I can't remember when it was in the mid-80s where he sent someone off into space. And we were all, even as, a teen, as teenagers, we were like, oh, yeah, clearly they're doing that. Because they otherwise they'll just wipe the floor with the next three months worth of villains. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's a tried and tested Marvel thing. And I, I, it, yes, you're right. It was 
cack-handed, yeah. but at the same time, that's quite slightly endearing in the sense of, oh wow, they got the, the even the faults of the comics. Yeah, but, and, and, and the actual your adaptation so- is too accurate. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Oh, they they could have just missed it, and then the actual solution of snapping everyone back. I mean, that oh, looked that was- great and that played brilliantly, but oh my. God, that's going to be a nightmare for the world. I know, I know. Yes. It's a the world's thing. just differently ruined now. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, the universe exactly. is differently ruined now. You've had how many? It was three years, four years? Five. Five, five, five years. years of not having a full population. And then the full population comes back. Mm. Um, we know everything's broken and we know everything's knackered over it depends if they built some like structural repair into the snap i don't know it's like when you have to be really specific about your wish with the genie yeah exactly it's... i mean this is this is the thing it's, it's it's bigger than what we could see in the edit we saw yeah and we'll and, and I, well annoyingly in this day and age we'll all just be sitting there waiting for you know the the, the extras on the disc to hopefully fill in and to be fair the directors have actually the more the press tour has gone on the Russos have said more and more and more. And there's one interview that Joe did in China where he's basically answered like a good number of the queries I had about the film. Mm, like systematically worked, yeah, systematically worked through them one by one. And I appreciate the fact that even if they, the, if, even if what's on screen doesn't work as well mm-hmm. as it should, at least the creators thought about things, and at least they have answers, yeah. even if we don't get to see them on screen. I admire that. I admire that, despite it not being all there on the screen, they thought about yeah. it. I, um, I just, I think a brilliant example of it getting that wrong is that random kid at Tony's funeral. Yeah. No. I'm, I'm watching it, and there's like random kid was great. Random kid was random kid. Do you know who Random Kid is? I now know who Random Kid is, <laughs> but, but I remember it, seeing it and I wondered who it was. And it, I went away and I found out and I thought, oh, it's nice he was there. That's nice. That's nice. But while I was watching it, all I was thinking was, who the fuck are you? <laughs> it's like, had this I guy. Mean, Tony had probably this guy won a pro- I don't know everyone Tony knows. Yes, you do, because we've seen all the people Tony's knows. And this is his funeral. This is all the important people. And it's the end, it's the highlight of the, the deep, pathos-ridden moment of the funeral mm-hmm. of Tony Stark. And I'm sitting there just going, no you, I know you, I know you. Who the fuck? Okay, let me put it to you this way, guys. If you Google search Tony Stark funeral kid, the first top ten are nothing but actual articles on actual proper movie and newspaper websites going, who is that kid? Here's the explanation. So clearly... You know the fact that they, they there was a big there was a thing missed there and oh my god the next page is another ten of them. I love detail. Oh my god. I love Easter eggs. I love little background nods to stuff. Would, and I don't. Would you I rather he was holding up a door of the Explorer watch really close to the camera? Yes. <laughs> that, that was a bad. I mean, it's not the kid's fault. He grew up. I am not blaming the kid. I am in. I. I. I I'm personally. Amazed how angry you are at this poor kid. He like Tony Stark. He's, he's angry. grieving, and you're getting not, angry. I am not angry at the kid. I think you sound like you are. Why are you here? Get out of this <laughs> funeral that's only for people I recognise. Fourteen-year-old <laughs> children have very little control over the production of multi-million-pound movies, especially when they're just extras. Just say. I was surprised that Pim turned up. I thought he hated Stark. Yes. Uh, yeah, but at least I <laughs> was. At least I recognised him from watching the last twenty-two move. Move. It was Justin Hammer. What? Jail. In prison still. Yeah. Oh, 
You saw you saw Hail to the King. I love Hail to the King. <laughs> Isn't it great? Oh. It's a work of genius. It really is. It's, I love it, that. It's like, so and it, I love the fact that it clearly just exists to placate everyone who is upset about the Mandarin, and it does it so well. Okay, now that brings us. That is the perfect segue, Neil, uh-huh. to the whole thing that. Um, uh, that 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 um, Andrew brought up originally about this issue of endings and how fans see them, because of course we're going to be talking about Game of Thrones in a bit. And yes, that's going to be things, the tricky one. Yeah, and 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 of course the key there is the is is fan response because let's be honest, the last couple of Marvels have had some negative fan responses, usually from the same sort of people who had negative responses to the Star Wars films for similar reasons. And of course, there's this no, rumor. No, yeah, I mean, there's this rumor going around. I don't know how true it is uh, of people downloading a copy of the of Endgame that has got all the women taken out of it. What? Uh, have you not seen that one? How fucking fragile does your masculinity have to be to need that in your life? Yeah, it doesn't so they... work as a film. That's of course it, does. of course it doesn't. That's I mean, do they not get the soul stone? I, I literally, I have no idea because I'm not interested in finding out sure. whether or not. Oh, I, I just assume that this is quite probably untrue and it's uh, some oh, fabrication. But oh, who knows? Hobby. It, it, yeah, but all of the, the point that when you say you know the the the, the one shot, the last of the one shots, Hell Health thinking was shot to to specifically respond to a fan criticism of Iron Man three. That's the thing that I find so fascinating about where all this argument has gone, and then maybe this will lead us from Endgame into um, Game of Thrones, is this is, is is here we are now, where people are signing these massive petitions to try and take control of, of, of something that they have no real control over other than through what they pay their money for. Um, and I keep wondering to what degree these are, they're starting to have some sort of influence at some level, even if it's not necessarily... Like, you know, regardless of who was on the shortlist of people to shoot the third Star Wars film, the fact that they went back to a safe pair of hands. Well, to a hacky pair Captain of hands. Nostalgia yeah. Ringer. Oof. Yeah, exactly. Captain Ripoff. Yeah, exactly. I was, I'm not happy about it, trust me. I'm, I'm just saying. But the, the fact filthy that Disney, hack, J.J. Abrams. The fact that Disney went back to him <laughs> the moment they saw there was all this negative publicity over Last Jedi. Right, makes me wonder to what degree we're going to start seeing things like this. Because at least, at least with the whole hail to the king, that was a creative response. Mm. It was also, clever... it was nice. It really also it kind of deepened the universe a bit. Yes, the fact was... that they clearly chose the Mandarin because they heard about him somewhere. Yeah, it was. And it turned it out was... he was real. Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. I genuinely, genuinely liked it, and, and I feel like some of the other one shots did that quite oh, well. You know, the Croydon. Yeah, absolutely. It's really funny. Um, but the thing is, I just feel like that was a, cl- a clever, creative way to engage with yeah. fan response. Whereas here, now, we're now at big conglomerate level, and it's just, oh yeah, well, you know who we've chosen for the next film? Yeah. <laughs> you know, or, you know, or don't worry about this because we've got this under control. You know, she didn't actually say that, and then she goes on Twitter and goes, yes, I did. You know, but the thing <laughs> is, it, it's just, it's an interesting time to be discussing all of this stuff, mm. because all the huge amount of money, like you said, Andrew, this has made so much money in the last few Phenomen- weeks. Well, it's made a, it's made a phenomenal amount of money in the last few weeks. The question is how much it's going to make in the long term? Because it's, it's not it's not hit DVD, it's not hit streaming. It's no, still exactly. playing. Wait, are we talking in about Thrones or Endgame? Endgame. Endgame. Endgame's up to two point seven billion worldwide. And it's yeah. not stopping yet. Yeah, it's not stopping. Yeah. That's 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 cinema alone. You know, yeah, it's made more than two point seven. Over three so, hours, so it's yeah, a billion yeah. a billion dollars an hour basically. 
Yeah, which is mad. And and so so you have to ask yourself: to what degree does it matter if one point five million people sign a petition of something? You know what I mean? Oh, well, on for... that scale. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm flipping back to Game of Thrones now. I'm just yeah. talking about the relative scale of things. Oh, relative scale is you know bugger all. But that that's I was uh, to 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 finish off on the end game. Uh, do you guys think it was actually? If do you think Endgame was as good an ending as people have made out, or do you think it was given a bit of a free ride because of what it was achieving? And I'm I'm not no, I, I, I'm not going to say that it's not a hell of an accomplishment to come up with any ending to 22 years of this. I'm just saying I think it's a B, not an A, that everyone seems to be making I, out. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think it's B, not an A, but I think that it's definitely better than... Like, when we get to the end of Infinity War, I remember saying, I'm not going to be re-watching this film again unless I have the second film to go to. Mm-hmm. It's such a freaking downer ending. And when I watched it again, it was only because we were about to go and see Endgame the next night. And then the second time around, I enjoyed Infinity War a lot more, but not least because I was that close to knowing how it all would play out. And then they pulled the rug out from under us brilliantly with the yes. way, with the start, you know, and then doing a kind of HBO leftovers style. Here we are five years later. I loved yeah. all of that alternative timeline stuff. Oh, yeah. And I quite, I would quite happily have had them find another way to deal with Thanos without messing around with time travel. Oh, I would as well, because I can't stand time travel so, <laughs> at all. But, but I actually gave it a bit... I found myself in the movie, in the cinema, giving it a pass, because it was like, oh, well, it's how they're going to finish this story. Yeah, because it gave them a chance to go back to all the other films and yeah. show us how far they'd come and have some fun at the expense of previous films as oh, well. Oh, that stuff like, was adorable. It was. It was. It was very cleverly integrated. It, it was like the. It's the intelligent way of doing a clip show. Yeah. yeah. Except if you've got huge amounts of unlimited budget and effects. <laughs> it, <laughs> you know. It was very nice to see them show the continuity that they've been building up. Mm. But that's the thing. It's kind of. I thought a number of the scenes were more about demonstrating how, almost showing how they do stuff, how carefully they plotted everything mm. as a hook to mm. what the, you know, to go, right, well we've left all these seeds, so you know it's carrying on, and this is how much depth we've done in the first meta arc so you mm. know the second meta arc's gonna be that's, that's mm. what I mean about no, very much so. ra- rather than it being a conclusive finish of that chunk, it was also a pitch to the future, and I think that got like comedy um, comedy Thor Heading off to do Asgard, Asgard, Asgardians of the Galaxy, and that—that that was, it was—it was throwing stuff forwards, and kind of detracting from the possible end. Because they could have had him pull his shit together and become real Thor, and they didn't. Well, yeah, Again, he pulled his shit together. He pulled his shit together. Yeah, to come I don't back like to, comedy Thor. <laughs> to come back to Neil's point in the notes about. Um, uh, uh, and you know the two of the two the television nature of these two films and the way Infinity Game is, Infinity uh, War sorry is a is a, is a an end of the season and an end game is the start of the season. Mm. It, they remind me very much of the way the Star Trek Star Trek Next Generation used to do it, where you'd get the part one at the end of the season and then they'd leave you on a bloody great cliffhanger and you'd have to wait three <laughs> months and then you come back with yeah, part absolutely. With the, and that we... part two would always have to resolve things, but still put them all back in place so you could carry on with the season. Which, I... after a couple of years, you're like, oh, that's what they're going to do. Great. You see, I always found it was stressful when television did that because they, they always had to wrap up everything really quickly. Um, Warehouse 13 had a big habit of doing this as well. Oh, don't. Yeah, when you put so... that in the notes, I was like, the only reason I hadn't put it down there is because I'm so heartbroken. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that I is a, that an example of things so going much. wrong. So drastically, drastically wrong. 
Move, yeah. yeah. But yeah, as as you said, they 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 do it on the end of season. They'd have the first part on the end of season one, and the second part on the end of se- at the start of season two. So mm-hmm. that's what this is. Very that, much so. Yeah, that's why I don't think it's as great an ending as people make out. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. But you know, I, I guess I'm still on an end game high watching Ant Man crush a large alien ship with his that hands. That was so cool. <laughs> that was okay. <laughs> I'm sure that, the, the Kool-Aid will wear off and yeah, I'll come I, down I, to your level, but right now I'm kind of on no, cloud, I, I'm on cloud no, lag. No, no, no. The, my love the, for Ant-Man is terrifying. I, I, in some ways, it's pretty. It's, it's not necessarily a negative thing because mm. it's, it's left me with enough plot seeds to go, right, that was great. That was the end of the first arc. I'm really looking forward to the second arc. Mm. I guess that's part of why I'm coming away Mm. buzzing is I can also see all these seeds of things like uh, Lang's daughter is now the right age to be stature. Yeah, Yeah. Um, Young Avengers stuff might be on the horizon. It's like... Yeah, very clearly. So away from... I came away from Infinity War being like, oh, how are they going to solve it? And now I've come away going, well, what's going to happen next? Which is obviously, as you've both spoken about, it's what Mm. they want to do with this. Yeah. Mm. It's it's an end, but... uh, What's it? Closes a door, opens a window, kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, you're spot on there. And I, I, I uh, that I think rather than give it a B, I think that's part of the thing that for me would push it just over the edge into B plus, or something like that. Is it, over time is is having set up all these new threads. The joy will be watching those play out again, which is always the thrill of the longer runs of comics. You yeah. know, e- even if I come from an era where actually we were getting into creator runs and small limited arcs, or, or even when you still had monthlies where you could read a story in one issue, you know, yeah. or to every or, or or back when Claremont used to make sure X Men was here's issue one where we get beaten by the bad guy, and here's issue two where we beat the bad guy, and off we go again. You I, know, I will probably like Endgame more after the next Marvel movie. I suspect so. I suspect so. I definitely, I mean, you're not wrong in a lot of the criticisms we've raised today, and I, I, in particular, the Captain Marvel one is massively egregious, not least coming so quickly after such a great film with her. And, oh, and I, th- I think they made a big away. mistake. I think they made a big mistake shooting them in the wrong order. Mm. I really do. I think they should have oh, shot yeah, Captain yeah. Marvel. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was surprised when I found that out. It's like a very wonky. Yeah, I mean, I I get it, but in terms of production schedules, which again yeah. is another Game of Thrones thing that has always amazed <laughs> me. But um, yeah. So anyway, I think Endgame as a as a final film for the original Avengers is pretty solid. I think yes, I think watching it unfold is kind of like a, a is a high. You get that sort of high. I mean, there are moments that you get that sort of fandom high. I mean, obviously the big assemble uh, Avengers assemble moment. Big ju- uh, or even Scott Lang was it? Yes, yeah, it's Scott Lang, isn't it? World's greatest grandma. Yep, and he is Scott Lang getting tacos <laughs> from from uh, the. Whole, but yeah, I think ultimately, I think it does sum up like the last way two films quite nicely. That yes, there is there are some issues. I think mean, uh, listening to the the Captain Marvel. Um, examples kind of made me go oh yeah that's a good point um mm. i think the next the next film is probably going to well, has to build that i mean far from home which is out in july obviously we're seeing the first first couple of moments of aftermath from endgame and whether that takes us goes forward um, one of the first times i've seen a spoiler warning on a trailer yeah, yeah. Mm, 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 <laughs> and true. It, it also means we've got the multiverse which means world. we could have captain britain and Excalibur. Oh, God, yes. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I don't think Mysterious from a multiverse. I think Mysterious has been a little cheeky con man because he's a master of illusion. I Why think, not both? 
they're bringing in the Eternals, so multiverse is coming. So who knows? We could maybe have Thanos come back, actually doing the whole thing again, just to shag death, like it was in the comics. I'm, I'm hoping they don't do that. <laughs> the personification of death, I think, is going to be a line where they're going to, because what's it with the MCU having its uh, origins in like the Ultimate stuff? Mm. It was very grounded, and I think if they mm. go, they've got to be very careful with the the Super Kirby level stuff. Yeah, Dude, they already have Super Kirby levels of stuff. We've seen two Eternals. We've seen we've had the Infinity Stone. Yeah, but and we've got Eternals, Dicko they, fingers. They exactly fantastical. They just seem to be two people who just like collecting shit and toying with people. No, yeah. that's the Eternal. The 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 Eternals. The the space gods. Wait. What are you I thought the collector of? and the grandmaster no, were. No. What are they? They're just people. No, no. they have some. They're, they're, they are celestials or something. They're... Celestials, celestials. That's what. That they are. Yeah, but they're not. A t- yeah. Oh, uh, you're thinking ego. No, I'm not. Hang on. Hang I was on, thinking hang of on. The ego, the planet. The there are something. Ego and the ego, the living planet was a celestial. And they're hang basically on a gods. Hang on a <laughs> uh, this but, is a nerd off. Yeah, well, well, of course. I've never uh, read any Eternals, so I'm fully willing to accept the you're Eternals right. were Kirby's space gods that They're started cool. the whole universe. Yeah. Oh, they're uh, elders. What? Uh, the Collector and the Grandmaster are elders of the universe. Yeah. Yeah. But That's they're what just I meant. old peoples. They're not like. They're, no, the Celestials are embodiments of concepts. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. And yeah the, the Watchers the, are the, are the oh, opposition then. to the Celestials. <laughs> Yeah. The opposite, yeah, they're in opposition against them. Um, but also the Celestials themselves have uh, led to the creation of various things, including de- the Deviants and the Eternals and so forth and so on. Yeah. Eventually that gives us a war on Atlantis and the various yeah, other things. Yeah, yeah. And blah, blah, blah. the simple thing is we're at Ditgo levels of silly anyway, because we've, yeah, exactly. so we've got Stephen Strange running around giving it the fingers. Oh, so. just, just one last point, sorry, if I can say, given that uh, Ian's talking about good points, um, when you were talking about superpowers and levels of power, uh, funny how Strange spends most of his time trying to prevent the Atlantic Ocean washing away Jersey instead of actually doing something useful <laughs> like transporting everybody away into another dimension very very quickly. They haven't, they haven't learned how to balance the power levels. They haven't but then yeah. most, again as I said it does reflect the comic books far too accurately in that sense. So. Uh, but anyway, anyway, anyway. anyway let's move on to Game of Thrones Game so, of Thrones So we've had the 8th season of a truly groundbreaking series comparable to only two, and in my opinion, possibly surpassing uh, Lord of the Rings for a fantasy um, for a fantasy series that's mm-hmm. taken centre stage in just general pop culture. Mm-hmm. And whilst three million people in the UK alone watched the final episode, if you look on the internet, then the fans apparently hated it. How many people watched it together? I don't know. I wasn't there. <laughs> I, I, I was, was too busy watching it to go around everyone's house to watch them watching it. I can't do that kind of meta-analysis. No, nah, it, it was What's bad going? humor. So go on, Aria. people were watching it on their cat. lonesomes. Yeah. People were watching with friends. They estimated no, I watched million <laughs> people. A, a shit ton of people did it. More than the 1.5 million alleged people worldwide that signed the Can you do it again, please? Oh, Bitch note. Oh, God. I mean, yeah, it's like you say people... Really didn't like it, and it's like, I think this is this is the difference between I think how people responded to Endgame and how people responded to Game of Thrones. I mean, people might not like some of the things that happened in Endgame, but I think the general consensus was it was 
it was fine. It was everyone, everyone to a degree seemed happy. Whereas if people were absolutely horridly against what was going on with Game of Thrones, you've got this petition of, can we do it again just with better showrunners, please? Or, and it, and, and this is kind of why I don't, this is kind of like, for me, it's kind of, I see, why would I want to get into Game of Thrones? I mean, I'll be honest, I've only watched the first series and a bit of season two, but I've kept, okay. I've kept, I've kept, a, 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 yeah. I've kept a, up to date of what's going on, stuff like that, because I'm not that, I'm not that fussed about it, but obviously this is a big sort of thing in pop culture as it is today. It's um, gigantic. It is gigantic, but then you've got, um, but then it's like, it's, this is the thing. One of my things with fandom at the moment is I find it very hard to to really embrace fandom or kind of say I'm a fan of something because the fans don't do themselves any favours when they go around kind of doing, oh, I want a petition because I'm. Not- I'm going to suggest that that's because fandom is going through a is fandom is going through a really tricky time at the moment because Game of Thrones is not a is 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 not a uh, fandom ip game mm. of thrones is this and when, when i say it's i think not? no it's it's not it's a what it's, makes it not a fandom ip I'm genuine curiosity that, I'm not getting, trying to be i'm getting i'm getting to that bit let me build up my argument first <laughs> okay uh it's yes you had the books which were relatively unknown in the general populace until the series came out but okay. we're huge but we're huge within the fans so. they were huge within the fans and you had fa- you had fandom of the um you had fandom of the series so when the series started you had a lot of people who were in the know and a lot of people who weren't True. okay but we've now reached the point where when i said it surpassed lord of the rings what, what i basically mean is we've had nine years of game of thrones Pop culture has a before and after of the Game of Thrones. The more the the it is, uh, or I think you could compare it to something like EastEnders. For the number of people who've seen it, the number of people who are aware of it, the stature of and the the sustained stature of the characters involved, okay, mm-hmm. uh, and of the actors involved. Well, put and, it this way: you, you know how you know that that's true is you look at it, its ripple effects in pop culture. The fact that you have rappers who are into it right the fact that you have you know the fact that black twitter alone is busy discussing this show in all kinds of interesting ways um the fact that you have everybody and their uncle trying to find the next game of thrones now that it's ended on their network you know i've just seen ads through my facebook feed for um so uh you guys may be aware of the expanse the sci-fi series that is also based on a series of books um a series of books that were based on a role-playing game that martin himself played in because the two writers met uh, co-writers met in one of Martin's writing groups. Um, the adverts are going through my feed saying, um, from the uh, tour, the publishers, publish, uh, advertising the books, which I think are currently up to book seven or eight. Yeah. And they're advertising it as, um, it, you know, the song of fire and ice for science fiction. But And I'm just like, what? They're not. But you know what? They, that doesn't matter because people will buy it because of that. But what they're talking about, especially when you look at things like people trying to find the next show, they're mm. not looking at – and this is what I mean about it's no longer fandom's property. I'm mm. not saying it doesn't have a fandom. What I'm saying is, is that no, no, no. You, the, the number of people who just like it, the number of people who, who watched all of it and that's it, mm. that aren't fans – massively outweighs the, the amount of, of people mm. in the fandom. 
and that's that's really something. I mean, even when Lord of the Rings came out, and Lord of the Rings was like what six years and three movies, so that was a couple of peaks rather than an unending mm-hmm. sl- slog all the way through it. I think possibly Harry Potter maybe yeah. is so similar. You, but you again, have to interact with it outside of the realm of the show to a certain level to be awarded a fandom badge. I'm saying that the... that's what it kind of feels like. No, what I'm saying is that you've got huge numbers of people who are just casually enjoying That's, it. Yeah, he said, not engaging beyond watching it. Yeah, his point is that it's not a simply a fan show. This is a yeah. mainstream show, is what he's yeah. trying to say. Yeah, it's, it's a it's... mainstream show, and, I, and it was from the start because there were people in the office I worked in because I didn't watch. We didn't yeah. start watching it until last year. Whereas, and one of the reasons we held off was we were tired of hearing loads of people who have never read a fantasy book in their life, never watched any fantasy before, going at me, going, oh, it's so amazing, it's so brilliant. People who won't even go and see freaking Shakespeare are telling me, oh, yeah. it's so good. And I was just like, you know what? I'm not interested. And then finally I was like, fine, because I'd read half the books back in the day before I stopped reading fantasy. So it's not like I didn't have an interest in it, but I got put off it very quickly because of the, the number of normies going, it's great. And, yeah. that, and that's and it's one it's one that that the fandom sphere, however you want to think about it, it, it's lost control of it. So I think some oh, of the reaction yeah. against it is because it's no longer this special clubhouse. It's this this huge thing, you know. Saying you are a fan of Game of Thrones, it's like yeah, and I had breakfast. What's your deal? Mm-hmm. There's nothing, and it doesn't have that fan o- that fandom ownership. That a lot of other shows have been built up on. I mean, even Star Star Wars, right? The new Star Wars. Um, a lot of that, the reaction against that is because there's been huge periods of times where, like, the expanded universe and all that have been carrying the can of of Star Wars and fueling. Mm. So they've got their own little side thing, mm. and then that got thrown out by by Lucasfilm, and that r- really annoyed everyone. Titlers. It just gets shaking. Yeah, a great edge just shit shaking. But then that really upset people. But I mean, this one, it's like they just, I just, I just think some of the reason they've been so harsh on it is because they just, they want to have some control over it. Well, I think that's. Claw it back. There, there is part of that. I think there's part of that. I think also there's a number of people who genuinely weren't. Part of the problem when you get to this level of viewership is you have people who aren't. Um, uh, I don't want to use that word. The people who, are, who aren't really up to speed on the traditions of the genre it's part yeah. of. And so they don't, And but also they're not aware, for example, uh, there's the additional thing, which is that Martin has been drawing a lot from various pieces of European history as well. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of elements that go into making Game of Thrones specifically what it is. And so a lot of people have, have gone into this one seeing characters develop and then expecting arcs to play out in traditional standard ways that mainstream entertainment play out and, and then think, getting hit in the face by an axe yeah and actually <laughs> i think i think i think i i have a great deal of sympathy with the showrunners for having to cry and crash through what was clearly a hell of a lot more plot that they'd had planned across two or three years in what is it, 12 episodes, 10 episodes across two years, 12 episodes across two years. Yeah. You know, they had to suddenly hack it down to size. They then had to get through it with the level of spectacle that everyone was expecting to see, which meant that there, was, there were episodes this season that on, the act, on an action movie level work brilliantly. On a character level, seem to completely forget what the characters are about. But I think in the end, they 
did that bizarre thing, and this is why I put Babylon Five on our list of shows in the in the notes, saying yes, it's problematic, but it's also a good one. In that, I think the final episode itself, mm. as a final ending, I think it worked. I think it worked as well. I mean, I, I'm I not, really liked it. I'm not going to say that I thought the season was perfect. God no. And I definitely saw a change in the storytelling. Yeah, absolutely. But right. that, but. But that was partly because there was a change in the story because we'd had so much build-up. We'd had seven seasons. I don't know how many plot lines of of build-up, and it every and and so much of it was foreshadowing. Yeah, you know, like but, the whole the, there was like the whole King of the North thing, and then he mm. gets ganked, and mm. all of and when when people like going, oh, the um the undead turned up and they just died and that plot line had been thrown away. I'm like, yeah, well that's what they've been doing all the way through. You just have this massive fight and then that's over. That's, yeah. that's how it's been done all the way through. I but also that, that would have been the end of a season. Uh, was it always the end of a season? I no, thought, I'm saying, I'm saying yeah. I suspect if they'd had a longer run, I suspect that would have been the end of a season and we would have all gone, wait, what? That's the end of this season. What happens next season? And quite, then po- we were, quite possibly. I mean, I, I, I think they could have had another season, but on the other hand, I'm fairly confident they couldn't keep the 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 cast any longer. Well, it comes back to that again. And John, that's like... John Snow's checked himself in for rehab. Yeah, poor Harrison. All the all 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 the stress because that guy just carried a show for eight years. Well, I, I quote and... I quote the Evening Standard yesterday: stress and alcoholic abuse. Doesn't surprise me. The guy was yeah, under huge stress. Um, well, and Belfast, it's easier to get hold of the booze than the drugs. The lass who played Daenerys, she's turning up in more and more. You know, she's turning up in more and more movies. She's getting quite a hot property. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. keeping them around any longer was getting difficult. But yeah. they had to change the story style because instead of opening up new plot lines and opening up things, they had to close down potential. Yeah, absolutely. And that is what I think that I think is also another thing people were really annoyed about because they were used to this endless vista of possibility mm-hmm. and then suddenly someone goes, You've got eight hours, that's it. Yeah, exactly. And I that think that's sucked. Yeah. Anyone else, Neil? Um I'm mulling. I'm mulling. <laughs> mulling is There's fine. definitely an aspect of the when you know something is going to end, you're definitely going to expect more of it. Mm. Not more of the show, but I mean, you're going to expect more the, the end to be more. Mayor. Yeah. Like um, shows which just they don't plan their ending and they just kind of end. You definitely forgive them a lot more for not completing a story. Yeah. So the moment you know that they've like these are the episodes, your eyes going to be far more critical about the stuff they're churning out. Mm. And um, again, comparing it to the Endgame thing, yes, they're both um adaptations of well books, written stuff. Yeah. Comics and books. Um the fact that Game of Thrones was it only had the one source, whereas there's been so many iterations of comic characters. Mm, mm. If the MCU twists and changes things away from their expectations, people are going to be a lot more forgiving when it's almost like you could uh, see the George's books as like, this is the Bible, mm. of how you expect these stories to play out. And so any slight deviation is going to be far more noticed in the long run. I mean, there was a but they start they started deviating what one two years ago already oh um ages ago yeah so yeah, I mean, so, you know. but in a way about the whole um like uh caving into fan pressure they've kind of been doing that a little bit as they've yeah. gone yeah Tyr- they Tyrion was supposed to be dead halfway through wasn't he exactly there's all sorts of things they've changed yeah like but... characters being kept um i think it was uh george rr R. himself he said about the the decision, well he didn't like the decision to keep characters uh um around longer than their purpose 
because he would have just sort of phased them out or just stopped talking about them in the books or killed where they were characters that people liked in the tv show Mm. the sort of the tv mindset was well we've got to keep these people around and keep giving things to do yeah like robert downey jr's contract yeah Mm. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, we'll just just to connect that back very briefly, one of the things we didn't mention, the reason I wrote, raised the X-Men uh, in the previous discussion was because I wanted to point out how Hugh Jackman's success as Wolverine changed the nature of how the Fox series went. And all of a sudden yeah. he became the central pillar. Like they couldn't even make a re- with the, 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 these um, rebooted prequel ones without having him in them every now and then. You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. then, you know, they changed the whole Days of the Future Past plotline from, from Kitty Pride to him, which I actually, as a comic book yeah. fan, I, 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 I am sad about because it would have been in this day and age, it would have been amazing to see a young woman doing that plotline. Yeah. So that, that's a lost opportunity, but I digress. Yeah. The point, it, but, it, it, but it's relevant when we come back to the point you've just made about Game of Thrones. Absolutely. It, it's not just TV logic. It's commercial logic. Mm, how do we keep exactly. people watching our shows? How do we keep people, you know, interested? Well, look at these people who've suddenly blown up in public knowledge and, and, and let's go with them. Um, if anything, I'm, I'm grateful for Game of Thrones being a far more interesting way of making sure our great aging British actors have retirement funds <laughs> than, than giving them their own crappy detective series. Oh, look, I'm over over 60 oh look i'm suddenly wandering around pondering yeah. as if i'm you know sherlock so Holmes hasn't ian glenn had the best of both glenn's had it all <laughs> ian glenn has had everything including being a one one version of the saint early on you know i mean he's i've had yeah. a lot of time for glenn um and i like the way glenn has embraced nerdism you know he's the bad guy in the first tomb raider movie you know yeah. and you go from there onwards he just keeps turning up he's in the resident evils you know yeah, I like him. I like him a lot, and the fact that he's going to be in Titans next season, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I think. Oh yeah, he's he's going to be Batman, isn't he? Going to be terrific, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've got a lot of time for him. I, I think he's one of the reasons that when I started watching Game of Thrones, I, I really didn't think the first two years were all that. And then, you know, year three was where I thought it really, I was like, okay, now I'm hooked. And he was one of the reasons I got hooked because I really, I like the way he plays the character. But I think that, I think all the aging actors were more interesting than the younger mm. ones to begin with. The younger ones have grown into their roles. But mm, the, yes. the the aging ones were the reason you watched it to start with. There's so many. It's so great watching Dame Diana Rigg be filthy. Yeah, all these people. Oh, just... Diana Rigg was brilliant. Brilliant, <laughs> absolutely magnificent. Carl Sasser, I said in my regards. Yeah, you know, it's so good. So, so, so yeah, they wrap things up quickly. Yes, they did things that some people aren't happy with. Yes, but you know what? Again, as with Endgame, we we are fortunate to have a final episode that thematically resolves a lot of things that gives us some satisfying yeah. action moments that has some poetry to it i mean it I, has I... some po- political relevance to the modern world in it it's <laughs> it's magnificent i was rich I... people laughing about the concept of democracy i'm not <laughs> yes absolutely but also i've just we been... could let the people vote no. I mean, oh samwell no but i said to kim that i said that's always that's literally what happened in british what part yeah. of the british parliament under king john Mm. You know, because I've been teaching this again recently to having to do history last year, and it was like one of those things where I was like, wait a minute, there's all these things that we forget about the development of democracy over the course of several hundred years. And we didn't have dragons blowing the place up. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, th- I thought they did a brilliant job of encapsulating that type of historical discussion I, in this council. I, yeah. I think some of it was... I, I don't know. It's like, so people, people moaned quite a lot about the final bat the, the final battle mm. 
the 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 battle of um king's landing mm. i i quite liked it i feel, I feel I battle is a strong word Okay, the massacre at King's Landing. <laughs> yeah, but that's, I, that's, I, 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 I liked it as well. Danny lost. Danny lost her. Let's face it. Danny lost her her second dragon because of hubris. She was yeah. flying around, or not giving a monkey. Magic mon- boats. No, she was. You watch it. You watch it again. <laughs> she was flying around, not giving a monkeys in a war zone, and someone took the shot. That yeah. was her own bloody fault. And then she got pissed, and then she used it properly, and it absolutely was devastating. Yeah. I didn't I I didn't think that was that juddering and a lot of people thought it was and I loved the bit when Cersei was basically sitting there being really smug mm-hmm. and she and up in the tower drinking her wine and being mm-hmm. perfect as always and there's a look at you watch it again and the look on her face where she suddenly realized this crazy bitch is about to kill everyone Mm-hmm. She yeah. suddenly realised that the, she spent the whole time going, "I care not for anyone," mm. and then she watches this person who really doesn't care for anyone and yes. just wants that throne and doesn't care if everyone dies. And her just looking at it, all just going, "This is my fault. I have made a massive miscalculation." And everyone's like, "Oh, but she doesn't do anything." I'm like, "Yeah, she stands there and you see it in her face." Because what are you going to say when that happens? Oopsie! Can I have a do-over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, no, I agree. I think they did it. You know, I, I, I appreciate it changed the way of storytelling, but I didn't think it was. I think it made it more internal and psychological rather than yes. huge and social. And yes. I, I liked it. Yeah, no, the actors carried the heavy load. I think they look great along with the CG people. Obviously, I think I think a great deal of what worked in the in the final moments of the season were the were for actors' faces yeah. and pure cinema. You know that that sense of telling the story visually, um, which is something you can't do in a book, and that's ultimately one of the reasons Game of Thrones always been so watchable mm. is because they've been very very smart about how they've rendered and created this fantasy world and environment. Yeah. I mean, I honestly don't think in all these years of watching things with dragons one of the things that got me so excited was when they started bringing the dragons in and watching them grow up and mm. making them active because i was like oh christ you know i've i'm old enough now to you know remember when if we wanted a dragon it was going to be handmade and animated frame by frame the dragons you know? were lovely <laughs> amazing they're so well conceived of and thought through even if we don't know how much fuel they take to burn everything up you know um but they were just beautiful and i was like i can't remember a show that's been so considered about its fantasy worlds this is this is what we wish fantasy was on television i mean what you're saying about cinematic stuff Mm -hmm. the what the the torches of the dothraki going out Mm. that was but that 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 was when that really wound me up with the nitpicking from people and the moaning from people because they were like, oh, the Drathraki turned up and they all died. It's like, well, number one, they took apart people previously. Mm. And number two, yeah, you've got a whole army of terror troops going up against the undead who notoriously aren't scared of shit. Mm. What's think's going to happen? Oh, yeah, no, don't worry. Um, the Sapochnik as a director rendered that moment visually beautifully. I still yeah. think that tactically it's the, one of the stupidest things oh, no, I've seen from a medieval. Tactically, book. that whole battle is garbage. Oh, it Ta- is, completely. Tactically, I would say that uh, I'm not going to go into the full detail of it, but you've got the Dothraki. I would say, <laughs> I'd say this about the Dothraki. You've got the Dothraki. He clears who the table and starts arranging the have a a cultural 
their their military doctrine is cultural doctrine, and their mil- their their cultural doctrine is charge, just charge the fucker, okay? And it's worked time and time and time again because as soon as you see a Dothraki charging at you, you shit yourself and leg it. And there was nothing else they could do with the Dothraki because you could tell the Dothraki to do anything you wanted, and they'd have charged. So at the, risk of, at the risk of descending yet again yeah. into serious nerdery, yeah. I will I will just say that Slash given military history, yeah, given what we were just saying about um, the destruction of of King's Landing, um, I think that puts the lie to it all. Because if she can do it there, she should have done it back then with well, creatures yeah. that with what, creatures with that. Listen, here's the thing: if you're fighting an enemy that you know is going to resurrect corpses, the last thing you do is give it more ammunition and talent. Oh, I know. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm I I know. I'm just saying there was wasn't much else they could have done with the Dothraki. And yes, quite they possibly... could have. What? Uh, what else? Start, they... you, you hold them back behind the main line with, the, of, with the, 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 the flame pits. You set the flame pits on fire and you hold them back to mop up anything that's coming through because they will kill anything that moves if it comes through the flames. But they'll want to charge and then they'll charge. Yeah, but they follow orders too. Have you not noticed that? What, the Dothraki? Not the Dothraki, sorry, the... Um... Unsullied, yeah. No, 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 the Unsullied will waste... Sorry, I'm getting confused. Yeah. yeah. No, fair point. The Dothraki is a different matter, but Dothra- yeah. even so, even so, somebody should have... Yeah, I but suppose you're right. I'm... I'm, I'm You've got a point, actually. The yeah. Dothraki, you wouldn't have had control over. Yeah, and I thought it was a lovely way of demonstrating that this is a... People moaned about it because they wanted their team to do brilliantly, but I'm like, no, this is a brilliant way of demonstrating this is not a battle that's going to go by previous things. Oh, yeah. fair point. But, I'm bit... sad more people didn't die. I agree. I I'm surprised. I mean, that, I think that personally for me is why that whole battle was a bit of like a. Well, it's just nothing happened. I mean, uh, you best... killed a couple oh. of C or D list people, but that's oh. it. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Sebesti died. Yeah, that... he's C or D level in the, no, the Game no, of Thrones no, character he's hierarchy. The, he's the one that constantly went, Danny. You don't want to do a genocide. That's naughty. And she'd go, and she honoured his memory. And well, well, Mr. Bestie, you're my bestest chum, who really is my friend. So <laughs> I won't do this genocide because we have to remember, and this is something that's really driven me nuts. Everyone turned around and went, "Wow, Danny was evil," and I went, "She always has been." Yes. You remember all those people she crucified. You yes. remember all those pe- the way that she deals with anyone not being her mate by setting them on fire. Yeah, Why? It's not e- yeah, Why are you at the end of the season and suddenly going, it's so out of her character for her to massacre a city? It's not that no, she's evil, not. she's Targaryen. Yeah, she goes, and, and Sir Bestie died, and that got rid, and that meant she went full Targaryen. I, I don't think, going, Stop I don't being think, a nutter. I don't think Jorah dying is quite the Jiminy Cricket moment you're making it out to be. I. I think, saying... I think I think with a few more episodes in, in various places it might have been. I think it oh, fails I'm, to I mean, be in the context we're in. I'm just going to say. Also, I'm not. I'm like I didn't see any problem with her nuking everything, and suddenly, like no yeah. one would torture at the party. That alone was yeah. enough to. to oh, that was it. lovely. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going. I just saved say... you people, and you weren't thankful. Um, yeah, that, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, well, yeah, I, but I... I think just yeah. I mean, if they'd have killed Tyrion and Sansa in the crypts. That would have been amazing. Oh, oh, yeah, agreed. But that was also, that was another moment of dumbness where it's just like, yeah, here is a, one of the most yeah. intelligent characters we have it's standing there, pictures. leaning on a crypt, going, there's something I should be doing. And I literally was yelling at the screen as we were watching it, going, yes, there is. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would just want to make one point about the Jiminy Cricket com- comment. Before Sebesti <laughs> before <laughs> died, she had killed precisely no King's Landings. 
after Sir Bestie died, <laughs> she killed King's Landing. Therefore, I put it to you that he was the re- he was holding her back. Onward. <laughs> One one thing I am going to put forward is I think one of the large reasons a chunk of fandom was annoyed was because all their theories were wrong. Well, that's just expectation and entitlement, yeah. at that point, which but, we've kind of covered. Yeah, but I do think it was a big thing where, where loads of stuff that they were really... I mean, everyone was pissed off because they hadn't thought Bran could do it. Everyone oh, the had, Bran van. Bran everyone van 3000. Had, everyone had these wonderful home theories that then didn't pan out and they See, my money was on pod David. pod like a secret brathian <laughs> and then all hail pod I... amazing Noble I... King pod. I think that brathian is broken because let's face it aria tapped it and dumped it and he's That's never he's a broken oh, man he's a broken man now he's never no, oh god he's uh a... he's got his house he's... title he's a broken man because she's gone off west to go and murder you table when they invented uh, uh what's it elected monarchy i forget the correct name hugh correct me please uh, uh parliamentary monarchy i mean yeah well, to be fair though that's what they would always been before it's just that they formalized it well, that was the, the whole thing, thing. but 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 i do i I'm, you know whether or not they make spin-offs i personally i can't remember who posted the idea on facebook but i saw someone posting the idea of watching a yes minister style program about the small council <laughs> I would watch oh, yes. that. I would watch the heck out of that. Pod pushing King Bran around. It was oh. just so funny the way they, he was like, yes, I'm going to go look for her. Bye, guys. And then he gets pushed out. And I'm like, wait, what? They're going to run the kingdom? Of course they are. That was always the point. <laughs> in the end, it's Tyrion who sits on the throne in that sense. Yes. Mm. Although I, I thought that was the genius of it all. You know, yeah. Because that's who I wanted in the end. And I got it. <laughs> I yeah, I didn't know what else people... That's the thing, I don't know what else people were after. Jon Snow didn't want it. Danny was a lunatic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did you hear about all the people who now regret calling their kids Cersei? <laughs> oh, for goodness oh, Sorry, sake. Daenerys, yeah. It's just, like, just uh, why would you? Why would you I, in the first place? So... I just don't get it. I mean, why... <laughs> I mean, I can see that there were lots of details that I didn't... Well, I can see why people were angry with, but like I said, yeah. at the end of the day, I think it's just... Most of this ire has come from an, an expectation that's been built up, and as we're probably going to carry on to talk about, um, endings are hard and they are very yeah. rarely perfect. That that's the thing. I'm I look at the ending and now on Game of Thrones, and it makes sense. Now that it's run, I'm like, well, what else could you have had? Mm-hmm. And all the while, there's loads of theories, but none of them sit as true. I mean, as... there's there's little things like it would have probably been better for Jon Snow to have been useful and killed the Night King. Uh, Rather than just shouting at a dragon, no, thinking he was helping. No, but I, uh, I'm Team Aria. He really shouted at it. I'm, he I'm, gave it his all. He didn't shout to the dragon. He shouted. There's, there's a wonderful theory that he's yelling "Go" to Aria. <laughs> I, I'm part. I'm, I'm Team Murder Baby all the way through. Okay, so I've no problem with her ganking that that guy, the the, the night king. But, but I, I'm no, I'm. I'm happy to say the execution could have been better, but actual plot-wise, is it as bad as people are making out? No, oh, it's no. not. God, no. It was a fine ending compared to what endings you could have ended up with. Absolutely right. What sort of... Sh- I mean, let's think of some of the shit it could have had compared to. <laughs> so, uh, uh, well, we mentioned... The- so, <laughs> so, did you not like the idea of King Pod? Because still floating uh, King Pod is a, uh, a great thing. 
No, although he will probably, after six months, you know, after nine months in King's Landing, I appreciate he will have enough babies to start his own house. He's a pain, isn't he? What? Is he Podrick Payne? He was the one that the horse paid him. Yeah, no, no, I mean, like, his family name. I think he uh-huh. was a pain. That's I might be better. wrong. He, he, no, but, you know, you have to find a way to get House of Pain in there somehow. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Too many musical oh, yes. mashup possibilities. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it could have been, you know, I don't know. Yeah, he was a pain. The end of Lost or the end of Battlestar Galactica. Or the end so, of he Bank was actually, Bank. so Podrick was the uh, cousin of, um, oh, Wilco Johnson's character, the justice guy, Ellen Payne. Yeah, yeah. So the House of Pain has been alive and well. <laughs> and uh, was fantastic. Anyway, Hugh, to give yes. it its correct title, it's pronounced the bog-awful ending of Lost by the awful hack J.J. Abrams. Uh, well, everyone blames Lindelof, not Abrams. But I blamed yeah. Abrams if I stubbed my toe. Yeah, um, well, well, you you do that. I, I think Lindelof has redeemed himself with um, a number of things, including The Leftovers. And I am really looking forward to what he, his remix of Watchmen. I really Lost am. Lost was... Um, Lost just ended. Lost just had... Lost its plot halfway through season yes. three. Yeah, agree, which is funny enough when I first stopped watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then it all ended up in a. It, it then just did a bit of a um a bit of a quantum leap and had everyone ending up with God. Well, the thing, but this is the thing, quantum leap lost Galactica. Quantum leap is one of the ones that I think got it right, and yet, and yet, one of the problems of doing all this stuff, and you got so many people involved in these things, is there is a desire. Sorry, quantum leap got it right. No, yeah, I, loved, I loved that ending. It was one of the best things I ever saw. When it it was the came. only ending it could go with. Yeah. It, was, it was fitting, but naff. It was a bit brutal. It was it was great. I, it was one of the most. It, was, it still ranks up there for me as one of the best. Given the, all the terrible endings I'd seen in the years just before that, this is one of the reasons why, um, as I've said on my own podcast, and as Andrew's reminded me in the preparation for this one, I have a real issue with finishing shows, and and I tend <laughs> not to finish shows because of this. But mm. one of the things, the reasons Quantum Leap remains in my memory back in the days where I had to get someone to tape it in America and send it over, um, was was the fact that they had the ambition to say and Belisario in particular this isn't I mean having done a whole issue on Belisario as a producer on Cult TV Times this is one of those things I find interesting Belisario had a real desire to kind of say look it's not over this is we, we're not ending the show in terms of the story we're ending the show because we have to end the show yeah, yeah. but here's the sto- it's going to be what it always for those, was for those who haven't seen it uh Listening in, he yeah, I was is... to be spoiler, anti-spoiler, but yeah. Oh no, sort that. I thought we were, uh, this thought whole we were, episode we're talking about shows. We're pretty much in spoiler. Um, the whole fair, he fair he, end, he jumps into a bar and the barman is God. Well, and it's maybe, all maybe. about did you make the world a better place? <laughs> and it's and then he just walks through the door and then it just goes. They prof- never they never say he's God. No, but they just go that he never made it back home, and that's. Yeah, that's that, but I love that ending because it leaves uh, open so many possibilities. It was it's the point you just made about why the fans are angry when they lose control because everything gets shut down, the plot lines get shut down, everything is given a final ending. I, I, I am I'm suggesting the fans are angry with Game of Thrones because they just didn't want it to ever end. Yeah, and I'm saying the thing with Quantum Leap is cleverly, it doesn't. Mm. Well, the, uh, to converse that, uh, against that one, you've got. Um, Person of, in, person of interest. It's brilliant. Absolutely. Where 
the plot arc of the uh, three key characters from the series ends yeah. quite terminally, but the act they've they've got loads of pl- you know they've got loads of plot seeds left in it. Yeah, exactly. That they'd been building up over the whole season. Yeah, that you knew. The story was carrying on, but you didn't need to know what the story was. You were happy with the story ending you got. And it wasn't in a, we can come back and do this again later way. It was very conclusive, but it let the world carry on afterwards. Oh, it it is. uh, I'm not joking. It really is in my top five, top ten. Oh, absolutely. Final episodes ever. Since from the moment I saw it. And and you are right. And and part of the genius of the person of interest one was that they ended key character arcs and still pulled the rug out from under you and ending them in ways you didn't think they would end them. Yeah. It was so clever. There's at least two characters who survived who I did not expect to live through the episode. And right through the episode, I still didn't think they'd live through the episode. And the right people died. Yeah, and then they gave somebody a happy ending who I never, ever thought they would do it. And I was in... I'm not joking, my girlfriend and I, this is the first season TV show we've ever watched together from start to finish. And we turned to each other in tears, yeah. and we were laughing at the same time because we were so happy that this person had died, but that person not only lived, that person got a happy ending. It was yeah. the most deserved thing I have ever... The most earned thing I have ever seen in television. And it's just... It's just set the bar too high now, I think. Yeah. It sounds like you've sort of hit on the the formula, which, uh, because obviously you've been thinking about this for the show, Mm. but the formula for, like, well, the good ending is basically the show doesn't end, but you've left everyone in a happy enough place that you're okay with it. Exactly. Yeah. ER did that, you know, um, second version of Nikita did that. Uh, There's all kinds of shows that have done it along the way. Some shows burn it all down. Eureka did it. The happy continue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's quite interesting when you, when shows you were mentioning with Eureka the fact that they got one more episode to wrap it up. I think yeah. that's actually quite important. I think when mm. shows do get given a chance to end, sometimes you're like, Oh, oh, should that work? Should they do that? And I think that's where castle. it gets interesting. Yeah, Castle the Castle, castle. was just Castle was a mess. Castle right had the worst episodes. ending ever because was dreadful, dreadful. it was literally they always ended on a cliffhanger for the season. And the cliffhanger for that season was that uh, Castle and uh, the detect- and Kate, Caitlin, the detective, that someone walks in on them and shoots them both. Yeah. And then they didn't renew for the next season. Yeah. And so they glued. Be- be- seriously, before this, they didn't yeah, renew for the next true. season. So they glued an ending of using old footage. They glued a voiceover going. Yeah, and, and then they had we a... were fine, and we had kids, and we lived happily ever after. And they managed yeah. to do that quickly enough to Ooh. get it out with the final yeah. take. It was horrible. That it sounds was... disgusting. Oh, it's, it's like it's like a con- complete contempt. Yeah, it it wasn't it, the worst thing. It's worse than that, uh, Andrew. In that it wasn't uh, earlier. It was it wasn't uh, unused footage. It was earlier footage. They actually shot. They actually got them back just at the last minute to shoot oh, really? it. it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had it planned. They they said we don't know which way it's going to go, so we've shot an ending. Yeah. And if they tell us it's cancelled, we'll tack that on. Right. Isn't that even I, worse? That's so calculated. Yeah. It was 
It's calculated, but they're bad Someone at math. Someone actually wrote that with the knowledge it might be before they knew it was getting capped. Yeah, that's worse, isn't it? That's that so is that so is... much worse. I was yeah. willing to forgive it. Now I am angry. Yeah, I was angry at the time. <laughs> I watched it and I, I, I was so, I was screaming at the television. I don't do that very often, yeah. but I do do. I did do it for them because it was horrible, wow. horrible, horrible. The only thing they could have done worse, and this is a fate that 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 gives gives two of my worst endings ever <laughs> is what is the fate that befell Babylon 5 and Battle yes. of Galactica. Now, the reason oh, I say this... I thought you were going to say it was all a dream. No. Mm. no. Oh, Dallas. Because <laughs> I hate that ending. I hate that ending as well and I have no idea what's up with Hugh and he's going to get ripped. Um, the Babylon, Babylon 5 and Battlestar Galactica both got pulled a season too early. Right? Mm. Okay. And they did and you could on on both of them about halfway through the story massively accelerated. Yeah. yeah. And then you had endings that were, I mean, Babylon five ended reasonably well, but rushed and Battlestar mm. Galactica just ended on an absolute downer mm. of, Oh my God, this was miserable. And then both of them got funding again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, that's where the problem. So the, the endings of their seasons of the original final season were okay. But then they gave them more funding and then they suddenly had to pull an entire season out of their butts. Yeah. I mean, Straczynski has said famously for Babylon 5 that he moved all of the big important arcs back into season 4 when he knew it was going to be cancelled. So at least everything that needed to be ended was that done and then he was left with the one arc that he'd always planned for the following year which was the psychics the side cop stuff and then but then he didn't have anything else. Yeah. And, and of course, they'd already shot the final episode at the end of season four to hold back. Yeah. So you had to fill a whole half year. It's just mad. And, it, and I mean, Babylon 5, thankfully, gave us the final episode with, uh, with the final. I mean, the season Sleeping was all. Light. And then the. So as an ending of the arc, it was just pathetic. Mm. And then you had one episode that redeemed it because it was the death, death of. Um, it's not uh, Sheridan or Sinclair. It was the death of. I know who you mean. Yeah, yeah. the death was, of the main, yeah. It was beautiful. It was a, it was a sleeping one, in light was amazing. It was a wonderful episode about death. Yeah, he knew he was going to die. He made peace with the world, mm. and he died. And it was about dying and about the people left behind. And it was great, especially because it was totally unburdened with having any plot to deal with. Yeah, yeah. because they'd screwed the season over so badly. Mm-hmm. No, but I mean, again, I think that was a very smart move of them yeah. to sh- write and shoot it the year before. Anyway, I always thought that was a really smart yeah. thing that shows more shows should do is if we think we know how we want to end it, yeah. shoot as much as we need ahead of time, sit it, leave it in the, on the editing shelf, and then if we need, if we add any new people the year and after that we need to end, we just you know we just sew it all together. There's there's nothing wrong with that. I don't know. I don't see there's anything wrong with that if you have a oh, smart no, no, no. understanding of where it's going. And then Battlestar Galactica, it just had, it went mad. Mm. Did, you, did either of you guys see the final season of Battlestar Galactica? Mm-hmm. Um, it. No, but at the same time, I didn't really like it. So fair enough. Fair enough. It, it went, <laughs> it went absolutely crazy. I, I it, remember reading something about the, um, it raised an interesting paradox surrounding Bob Dylan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you had members of the of the crew hearing the Bob Bob Dylan song. And then finding out they were Cylons because reasons and stuff happened because reasons. And then 
they ended up finding Earth. It was the era of Cro-Magnon Man, so they decided to inhabit Earth, shagging the locals, driving all the um, spaceships into the sun, and then the Cylons became angels that no one else could see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it, it's like, we have now arrived in Earth, our Earth, because like Bob Dylan's All Along the Watchtower is a racial memory from DNA that, trust me, would not look anything like human DNA. Uh, and then they're angels. And it's just, you're sitting there watching the final 15 minutes going, oh, did someone put acid in the writer's room? Well, no, I think it's some. I think this is the thing I was trying to trying to drive at earlier. I think this is the problem with American creators doing stuff that is fundamentally product as yeah. art is that they want all of them lost, you know, Galactica, quantum. They want this stuff to have to to tie into something that is greater and grander, and hence has and then they hence they try to imbue religious significance into it. And I think it's just. Awful? I think it's actually well. I don't know if it's awful or if it's just reaching too far with with a form of entertainment that is basically fundamentally pulpy. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. pulp, pulp doesn't lend itself very well to religion. <laughs> I mean, you know, look at all the attempts to Scientology. do religion. Well, yeah, but that's because it's written by a pulp. Yeah, so that's different. Um, what I mean is, is that you know, if you look at any of, if you, and I don't think you guys do, but if you've ever looked at any of the books or films that are created by pro-Christian factions in the states that are ostensibly sci-fi, you know, the Left Behind stuff. Oh and, God, that's all. All that sort of stuff. Yeah, it is. But but you notice how they are trying to take pulp formats that have become widespread and mainstream and popular yeah. and then make them work for, for 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 their beliefs and how badly it doesn't work it just doesn't it yeah. doesn't because fundamentally the two things are at odds pulp wants to celebrate the things that a lot of mainstream religions say you you shouldn't do that that's bad well like good writing well i was thinking about <laughs> heaving bosoms and violence but you know as i said good writing anyway <laughs> So there you go. So so I think that's maybe the other problem. I think if you've worked on something for the yeah. best part of your adult life, you probably want to give it more significance at the end than it can stand to, than the the framework can stand to hold. Actually, with the whole like entertainment as product, I thought you were going to take it that there is just this desire to 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 keep the train going. That oh, there is. If they, if they oh, were more yeah. artistically focused, there would be more of an impetus to. Well, we've we've ended things here nicely. Let's I, draw a line. I, I, I think you've got a point there, Neil. Actually, that is also an extension of what I'm thinking yeah. of saying as well. Yeah, I mean, I think a if... Game of Thrones could have carried on until the point it could no longer be produced. Mm. Well, they would. And they were, they were offered awful. money and more series than they used. Yeah, mm. I think they they pulled the trigger. They went out on a high. That's something they need to do. And I think that in itself is a blessing because there's so many shows that have just meandered out of awfulness, like Supernatural. It yeah. had a solid mm. five-season plot arc, and that's why I've only watched five seasons of it. Because I didn't care what happened after. You see, I, I, I brought this up as well, that there is a really good like five-series chunk that you could have, maybe rewriting the end a little bit, you could have drawn a line under Supernatural after five series, and it would yeah. have been yeah. really oh, good. Fair. But I also still like Supernatural. Yeah. So I think, I, I think... I'm, I'm intrigued to see what they do, because from like watching the show of the years, they're clearly a show that cares about its fan base. So they're going to have to walk this tightrope mm. of, um, yeah, how they're going. I'm hoping they're basically just going to leave the two of them off doing what they do. I mean, one that's of the, probably one... the only thing that's not going to get them like beasted. Mm. 
I mean, no, you're right. It, it, it's a show that should have stopped ages ago and yet somehow found a second and even a third wind creatively. And and whether we like it or not, Andrew, I think the fact because I I agree with you guys, but I also recognise that it's not only managed to go on. I recognise from people who have followed it, unlike me, that it has picked up and it has developed and it has been through some really good. Oh, it's done. Um, I mean, he, there's if we're going super spoilery, the the episode where he kills Hitler, just mm. wow. <laughs> always, I'm just going to put it out there: killing Hitler is always appropriate. Yeah, I mean, all of this said, all of this said, I am intrigued to see how Netflix shows end because now that they're starting to wrap up some of their initial uh, products, yeah, their initial maybe, they've made me very angry recently. Well, Santa oh? Clarita didn't get an ending. Exactly, the yeah. Santa Clarita left was headed on a giant cliffhanger. Yeah. I'm very angry that, that, that all the cancellations have come in the wake of the amount of money Martin Scorsese is spending on his bloody film, The Irishman. And I'm like, you know <laughs> what, dudes? I could have done without that. I do not need to see De Niro and all the other gangster guys doing one last time. But more importantly, the fact that he's spending all this money on CGIing them into young people. Oh, God. I'm like, Why are young really? people? I just, just because he's trying to tell an epic story over the course of X number of years. Oh, right, the same actor. But the fact is that he's spending the most amount of money Netflix has spent on any, th- any one feature. And the moment they announce that, they suddenly start cancelling everything left, right and centre. And I was just like, you bastards. Um, the one I was, because before Santa Clarita, the one that bugged me was... Oh, Lord, what was it? There was something that they were giving a home to. And Anyway, the point is they've done it more than once. Um, but now, in terms of their own original product... Mm. Yeah. In fact, you know, they 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 gave a clear three season order to to um, Orange is the New Black, so we're now coming up on the final season, and you know, there's a couple of others. I mean, I agree with you, Neil. It's a shock that what they did to Santa Clarita. I really thought they'd be interested in allowing certain because other shows they've done, they've allowed them to to run to a natural end. Well, you see, that's the thing, because because they're they're very like show orientated. You think they'd care more about how these things ended? Because mm. having like a nice show with a nice ending is surely mm. going to be a nicer thing to offer as part mm. of their service than the yeah it's a show that you're really going to like, but it's just going to go it's nowhere. Randomly. Randomly. But, the third season. I mean, th- this is why I'm hoping that um, the bad place, sorry, the good place, is going <laughs> to like have one, maybe two more seasons, and then done. Well, well, it's got it some needs, of that proper TV money, so it, it could go either way. To end, it just needs to end on a solid. Well, Michael Schurder, the exec, is, is saying that he has he has a clear plan. He has ideas of exactly what he's going to do season by season. J.J. Abrams said the same thing about Lost. Yeah, no, no, but I trust Schur more than I trust Abrams. After Park and Rec <sighs> and, Parks and, Rec and Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I have a lot more faith in Schur than I do in... Um, and also what because part? he's continued to, to surprise me with Good Place. Good Place, I didn't think Good Place... I mean, I love the fact that The Good Place, end of every season, is a complete game-changer. Yeah, I love it. I don't it. know how they've I managed to do that so much. Well, he, huh? says he says he knows how to do that for the next couple of years. He's got at least two, three more years. Yeah. One you put down as a good series ending, Saint Elsewhere. Justify why you think it was good. <laughs> oh, to, God, to loads take... of us... Loads I... of us at the time thought it was, and the re- and one of the reasons we think it was it because because unlike Dallas, which genuinely did and created the it was a dream meme, right, and then proceeded to run on and on with and its... had aliens, yeah, never um, get the alien with, abduction with, with Saint Elsewhere at the time, considering the kind of show it was, it felt like a properly meta daring kind of moment at the end, and it also just felt like a screw you to the to the um to to the channel for closing it down. 
Okay. You know, I mean, it was one of those things where that was a show that really genuinely had more time in it. But Denzel's cinema career was going, you know, rocket sky high, and people. As it uh, should. Yeah, but there were people. Then he wasn't the only one, and there were again. It was contracts and and things. Yeah. But it was a show that could have, you know, Tom Fontana is one of the great creators of all time, and without him, we don't have HBO drama the way it is. We don't have David Simon drama. You know, we li literally, if 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 Oz had failed. Right, then HBO were not going to go further with drama. They were going to stick to films and sports. Okay. And, they, and Oz worked. It's, it's, it's all documented in Alan Seppenwall's book. Um, the television was the the revolution was televised. And um, Fontana, I've had a lot of time for him over the years. Everything he's done, and I think, I think at the time it felt. I can see why people coming to it later will go, "Well, what the hell was that? That's ridiculous." <laughs> at the time, it not only felt really good, but of course, the other thing it's done is it's given rise to. And as a fan, I just love this. It's given rise to the whole interconnectedness. Oh yes, that big, uh, that big uh, mind map of how I everything. Love that is in the child's head yeah from I love characters that. used in things yeah everything from like brands of cigarettes to all kinds of things all well, and of course back. yeah and then this justifies as richard bell's entire career on television you know okay so, I, I i i get your point i'm not going to deny that here and now in the 21st century it probably looks like a bizarre artifact of of, of a mo of, of, of a fevered mind but at the time it felt <laughs> it looks like they went bang it out fuck off early <laughs> Yeah, no, not with Fontana. with Fontana. That really, the one thing you can say about that t that team of writers and creative that was pro a properly creative lot. No, they okay. really, they really were trying to do something that I mean, literally, you look at the rest of what was on TV at the time and you, like the A team and stuff like that, and you tell you tell me that that wasn't radical okay, for Americans. I'll give, I'll give you that. It's basically for like the of, Americans. Yeah, it's, well, it's not the it's, it's not exactly the ending of the Prisoner, is it? Huh. The prisoner got didn't that get complaints in Parliament or, or questions yeah. asked? Yeah, that was yeah. Uh, it's one of the greatest, greatest ones ever. Greatest ending because it screws. It, that is a nfu to everyone and yeah. everything, especially the you Catholic. Th you think your show ended badly? This one got brought up in Parliament. Oh no, um, the prisoner ended brilliantly. It's just no. that it ended in a way that made everyone go, "What the hell happened?" Yeah. Well, Par Parliament was given to discussing television back then. I mean, Doctor Who got into real trouble with Parliament when I was a little, very little, when I was like three, four years old, because the the opening runs of the the Baker years were so deliberately built around Hammer Horror style stuff, and they were so deliberately nasty. And they were saying they it got motioned in, and tabled in Parliament, and then debated very seriously: should we be allowing our children to watch this stuff? <laughs> wow. Be yeah, well, I mean, if you guys ever go back to any of that Baker stuff, there is some pretty nasty stuff. Oh yeah, there. a lot of it's Cthulhu horror. Yeah, yeah, and then probably and, why I like it. Well, that 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 is that production team run uh, producer was um, Hin Philip Hinchcliffe, and the writer was oh god, what's his name? David Holmes, the greatest, arguably one of the greatest teams they've ever had on the show. Those two, Robert Holmes, sorry, those two, they 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 were just like, well, we're just going to borrow from horror, and the next thing you know, they're getting discussed in Parliament, which is one of the reasons they the the show then got they left, and the show then started to to, to sort of move Not towards humorous. You know, yeah, and then Douglas yeah. Adams came on, you know. But yeah, no, Parliament would, would used to take this stuff seriously because they were worried about the impact on people. And as a friend of mine who runs a film festival says, has said for many, many years, you know, television has been the, one of the greatest experiments being run on human society and we've got no idea what the results are or how it works because no one studies it properly. 1.5 million people signing a well, thing yeah. to tell a the teleproduction company to oh. to go and redo the end of its of its final season. I think that's where it got us to. Yeah, sadly. Well, over yeah. a decade ago, no one really cared about television show endings. They watched them and complained about them, but they didn't have this weird kind of mob mentality. Oh, you mean no, the internet? 
no, I mean, the, even so, even now. so, yeah, no, I mean, we the beginnings of it was probably one of the beginnings of it would have been in the nineties when Homicide Life on the Street had led to a bulletin board of fans finally creating their first a fan fiction based alternate uh, different because it was about a shift of cops. They yeah. wrote about the other shift because there were two shifts day and night, and so they started writing the other shift. And so that way, when the series ended, they didn't get angry. They were just like, yeah, we just keep writing the shifts. Yeah, and so they just kept it going. So there was a different attitude back then. Yeah, I mean, we debated it. You get angry, you complain, you say, "Oh, this is out of character." But in the end, it was television. Mm. It wasn't a big deal. It's television. Tough. So there's another yeah. show coming next year. This uh, this whole thing of this is my life taking God. things far too seriously. Yes, agreed. Mm. Isn't that what we were here for? Mm, well, yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> anyway, maybe. on which note, a, a kind of seriousness. Yeah, ending is such a hard thing to do in most of the days, especially with shows like this as well. <laughs> Good one, Ian. So if, any, yes, if we... anyone listening is upset, we're going to continue discussing these things, so you're happy that we're still continuing on with our show's premise, yeah. even after it's ended. If you do want us to start a petition to get us to redo this episode, <laughs> it will fuel our egos massively, just so you know. Like, maybe I should have disliked Endgame. Maybe that would have made it feel better as a show. I don't know. <laughs> right. Okay, so, yeah, endings are a very hard thing to do. But um, as we have to wrap it up there, I'm afraid. So uh, if we would love to hear your feedback, do let us know what you think on some of the points raised in the show by emailing us at contact at bunkerzilla.co.uk. And you can also follow my trio of panellists on the following place. So, Andrew, there, where can they follow you? Uh, one of the places they can they can follow me is on bunkerzilla.co.uk for the amazing weekly trash or treasure uh which is my column which apparently has at least a reader other other than like my wife or my mother um and that is where each week i am taking something either out of the literally out of a dvd bargain bin or out of my collection uh an old movie that people either haven't heard of or have heard of but probably have never got around to watching and going so is it trash or is it treasure so i went back through the gothtastic the crow uh, i had a crack at june uh which was relatively favorable plan nine from outer space uh i've got funny man coming along i've got uh flesh eater coming along that well-renowned uh that well-renowned illegitimate sequel to uh sorry prequel to night of the living dead by the guy who played zombie in graveyard and uh yeah loads of uh i've got some other delights coming along so go give that a look. And as always, buy needlessly aggressive products. And also the Hardcore Ginky Owl, which also broadcasts from Bungazilla UK. Yes, which syndicates on your show. Search for the Raggedy Man online and you'll find me doing horrible things. Simple as that. Fair enough. Thank you very much. Hugh, how can people follow you on social media? Uh, I am literally myself, UK David, on most social media channels. Um, I have a consultancy that's also on getting set up on social media, which is 4 da Consultancy. That's on Instagram and Facebook, and we'll soon have a Twitter. And you can also follow our podcast from Bunkerzilla with the occasional series Hustlers of Culture, which I do with a fellow podcaster, Leslie um, Leslie Pitt. That one is at Culture Hustlers is the Twitter feed. Um, um, and any time these things look inactive, just give it a, a week or two and they'll start working again. Um, and uh, yes, you'll soon have um, 2019 season of that airing on Bunkerzilla. Yep. And also you can also listen to binges and box sets as well. 
Oh, yes. Now, that's something we'll be working on bringing back as well. Um, thank you for keeping repeats going. But, um, yes, the, the, hopefully my co-host Anna will be uh, in a position to um, start up a 2019 season and we'll get to some of the TV we didn't talk about in this episode here. Awesome. Thank you very much. And finally, Neil, where can they follow your many musical lists of concern? Yeah. Um, National Hamster on Twitter. Um, I know this is a show about television and movies and stuff, but pretty much all I do on there is music because that's my problem. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> the show's on Bunkazilla, mostly weekly. If you want to have um, a whole hour of music about teeth, walking, <laughs> space. I had one show where all the songs had the same title. So yeah, <laughs> any kind of list you never knew you wanted to know about music, we've probably got it covered somewhere indeed and you can listen to new episodes on bunks of the uk and the entire series at the moment is also on mixcloud i believe it is i'm putting them on mixcloud Ooh. so don't worry if you missed the musical concern list you can go to mixcloud yeah there's a really good show about milk as well right so until then thank you to my panelists for joining me thank you very much for listening and we will see you next time on the big stomp Bye-bye. bye bye